Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Good morning again, everybody, and it feels like deja vu all over again. Sitting up here at the desk, it's not Tom Brenneman, it's Paul Fritschner. Guiding you through the next couple of hours, we do have a fun show for you today. We have Jay Morrison coming up at 10.30, then of course it's Thursday, we're going to have Tracy Jones at 11.30. Um, Casey, the Reds got blown out again. The Reds got blown out again. It wasn't close. It wasn't fun. It was never fun. It was never good. In the words of Elliot and uh, another internet creator, it was a sad day. It was a bad day. It was very bad. It took a turn for the worst very quickly. Um, we have all of the content. If you didn't see it last night, if you're not on Twitter, I know a lot of you maybe just watch the show. Maybe you listen to the show. You don't see what's going on on, on social media, whatever it might be. We have all the, the social media posts for you from Elliot and Reed last night because it was quite a night up at Wrigley Field. The Reds get blown out yet again. I, mean, I, I just don't understand how something like this happens two nights in a row um, for the Reds. Casey, let's let's kind of go through this here. Let's see how this night progressed uh, for our boys up there at Wrigley Field. We'll start back in the very uh, in the very beginning of the game, where the vibes were high, things were looking good for the Reds. For the second night in a row, Reds get out to a hot start, and for the second night in a row, um, things kind of just didn't go that way. Hang on one second. Let me get this. All right. Here we go. All right. Woo! 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 And then we go to the next one. We go to the next one. So Joey one. Votto still bangs. Joey Votto. They have good seats. Joey. Yeah. They have very good seats. They got there pretty early, I guess. Got there in the front row, and then uh, this is when things started to take a turn. Poor Elliot. Just having to sit there and take it. Just take it like a champ. He was doing well. He was. Joey! 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 He's right in the score, Joey! Things were looking good. Things were looking Joey Vio would finally, you know, he comes out there, hits a couple of home runs. Reds are still winning. Then it all went downhill. And then we have, uh, I think, emergency press conference. Update from Wrigley. It's not going well. It's not going well. It was a tough one tonight for, as of now at least, for Elliot. Joey Votto's had a great game, but this isn't going well. This isn't go. Oh no! Oh my God! Oh my God! This is live. Yon Yon scores. We're up two, baby. We're up two. Never mind. It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. Security guy. It's dead. It's dead. It's dead. That's not good. Right in the middle of an update. And, and then uh, one more. Yeah. 
Go Reds. TJ Friedel home run. so bad going back and doing this is the worst one what you're about to see right here everybody this is the worst one this was the worst one of the night this one made me sick to my stomach i mean i just feel bad for elliot that right there that little smug look is the worst thing of the night the worst thing of the night the worst thing of the night that's terrible. All right. Then we got, we got Don't let it replay one more time, Casey. Oh, I needed it off my screen. We'll just pause it on that image. Oh God, Casey, why? One, one last more. One, one more. All right. This is this is the last thing. I gotta. This is our this is our final statement of the night from our good friend Elliot. All right. Breaking the wall. Breaking the wall. This game's over. Um, I don't know what's going on with the Reds. I don't know what's going on with the Reds. I, I've seen 17 errors in the, in, in the past two games. Nick Senzel is a terrible defender. I don't want to hear anybody compliment this guy again. I mean, this is the worst game I've ever seen. This is the single worst game I've ever seen in my entire life. I got Cubs fans spilling beer on my ass right now. I don't know what the hell's going on. This stadium sucks. This game sucks. The Cubs suck. Wrigley sucks. Chicago sucks. I'm going for a walk. Thanks to Elliot and Rita for putting all that together. And I just, I feel really bad for Elliot. So Reed is on his way back down to Hamilton now. Uh, he's going to be out of town. He's not going to be here in studio. He's just going to be back here just for the day. And then he's going back out of town for the next week. Elliot is up there in Chicago. He'll be back here in studio and on the show on Tuesday. Two straight nights, the Reds go up to Chicago and get blown out after a one-run win for the Reds in the first game of the series. And uh, I think, Casey, you got to print the shirts for the Cubs on the uh, run differential champions because all the keyboard warriors were out in full swing yesterday. And if the Reds win tonight, I think the funniest possible thing for the Reds tonight would be to win 3-2. to two. I think the funniest <laughs> possible thing for this series after the last two nights and what's happened, Luke Maley has thrown two nights in a row. Luke Maley has gone out to the bump and pitched for the Cincinnati Reds two nights in a row. Sad. I think if the Reds won three to two, two to one, four to three, some one-run victory that goes under. The total tonight is set at ten and a half. It's Dream Weaver night. We just th don't th lose. Th this this is a crucial crucial point in Dream Weaver's lore. Oh, absolutely. I think tonight is is the is the deciding, uh, I don't want to say the deciding game. Tonight is what makes or breaks the dream, the Dreamweaver stigma. If Dreamweaver goes out there tonight and he gets blown up and it's a 10-2 Cubs win, I think we all agreed last time in the studio that Dreamweaver went out there and pitched. I think that might be it for our guy, Dreamweaver. I think if the Reds go out there tonight and get blown out, and Luke Weaver gives up eight runs, and the Reds can't score anything. I think that might be it. I think I think the magic of Luke Weaver might be over. You know, Paul, I I think you're absolutely right. I think you're right. This is the night that cements his legacy for this Red season that will be talked about for years <laughs> to come. Just think, just think about the momentum 
just changing. I mean, it, it cancels out all the bad stuff that happened the last couple of days, right? At least that's what people are saying. I, I kind of have a take that many people might not like, but I think this is a little bit more damaging than than uh, than we're letting it uh, leading it on to be. Um, I I, but, I think a lot of people would uh, agree with you, Casey. That well, you, you're I, saying that I, the last two days have sucked. No, I I'm I do agree. Because I would agree with that. Yes. The, the last two days have sucked. But what I'm saying is I think that this was a little bit more damaging not just to 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 fan morale but to the team itself. I mean, this is – you got to think about the, the sequences that happened, right? You don't get a trade done at, done at the deadline. You don't get any extra help. No starting help at least. No big-time help. And they go out and have performances like this back-to-back. Um, now, I know you can't have Sinzel, Stewart, Fairchild, and, and Kevin Newman out there. Otherwise, this is what's going to happen. But it just, it's not a good look, right? This is just a not a, not a good look at all. Um, I, I'm worried, honestly, about the team. And not, not to an extent where I'm hitting the panic button, but I'm a little worried because I think it's starting to show the wear and tear of the bullpen. I think it's starting to show the 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 pitching how poor it's been, and it's starting to catch up a little bit. And it all gets canceled though if Dream Weaver goes out there and he wins us a ball game, right? Well, look, if Dream Weaver goes out there tonight, all shtick aside, if the Reds win tonight, that means they went 500 on this crazy long road trip. That means they are still in the same spot, four games above the Cubs in the division standings and they are still in first place tomorrow. All that is, is true. If the Reds can go out there and they can win this game tonight, the Brewers, I believe are up in Mil uh, They're back in Milwaukee. They're playing the pirates this week. Pirates stink. Not as bad as the Cardinals, but the pirates stink. The Reds right now, they made a decision at the trade deadline to not go out there and acquire any major pieces. We talked about that extensively yesterday on the air with Zach Fries, we 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 talked about how you know Nick Crawl. We played the clip from Bally Sports with Nick Crawl's interview with with Jim Day, where he said, "Look, we weren't willing to give up any major pieces to go and try and do anything this year, and we didn't want to forfeit any of those opportunities for pieces that we had either in the minor leagues or already in the major leagues. We didn't want to shoot ourselves in the foot." trying to waste any opportunities in the future because of what we might be able to do this year. On the flip side of that argument, you could say that the Cubs, and I, this argument's been made a million times on social media, look, the Cubs are going for it this year. Whatever going for it means, they had a ton of trade value on Marcus Stroman, forfeited that, yep. and they had a ton of trade value on Cody Bellinger, forfeited that. So in, in some sense of the word, the Cubs are going for it this year. I don't really know, though, what going for it means when you're two games above 500 and three games back in the standings. Uh, how indicative is this of the NL Central where the Reds have surrendered 36 runs in the last two days and they're still in first place by a half a game? They're eight games over 500. But you're talking about a team that if the Reds were playing in the NL East – would be 11 games back 
The Braves would have an 11-game lead over the Reds right now if they were playing in the NL East, but it doesn't matter because the NL Central is not very good. The Reds have an opportunity this season. I, I would argue that the Reds are playing with house money, but the frustrating thing, and I think a lot of you in the chat right now would agree with this, is that the Reds have an opportunity to do something this year because this division is so bad and you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. You don't know the Cardinals, and now I know the Cardinals sold some pieces away at the trade deadline, but you don't know going into the future if the Cardinals are going to be this bad again for a long time. The Cubs, who knows? The Brewers, who knows? You have a lot of contract situations on both of those teams, a lot of guys that might not be back on the team in the near future. But the Reds have an opportunity this year. You don't know how often these opportunities come around. You don't know how often chances to win the division happen. The Reds have set themselves up for success, though. The Reds have a ton of minor league prospects. They don't have any pitching. That's the problem That's right cool. now. And, and it's, it's not even so much, you know, everybody wants to talk about the bullpen. Everybody wants to talk about the starting pitching. And, you know, we're going to get... Nick Lodolo back, potentially. I'm not so sure that you're going to get Nick Lodolo back, or at least not in the form that a lot of fans are thinking that they're going to get Nick Lodolo back. I, I have a hard time just selling the idea that the, that the Reds are going to go out there and, and totally cave the rest of this season. I know that they're are two months left in the season, right? Almost 60 games left in the season, 50 games left in the season, something like that. But I just have a really, really hard time thinking that for as well as the Reds have played this year, and for the adversity that they've overcome at so many different points in the season, because how many times have we sat up here and talked after the Reds have looked dead in the water, right? They win 12 in a row. They go on a losing streak. It looks like the momentum's going the other way. You know, they come out of the all-star break. They lose, what, five, six in a row. You lose five out of six to Milwaukee, bookmark, bookending the, the all-star break. Things aren't going great. Things are not going great. But you know what? What do they do? They rebound. They win eight of their next 11. The Reds upcoming. They have the Washington Nationals. Does that scare anybody? No. I guess it scared the Brewers. That doesn't scare anybody here. Reds swept the Nationals in the first week of July. Then you have the Marlins. Sure. Three games there. Then you have Pittsburgh. Then you have Cleveland. Then you have a decent Toronto team. I don't think anybody is going to sit here and tell you that the Reds should be scared of their next eight to ten games. Right? I mean, you, you know, you, you look at Cleveland. Right now they're three games under 500. Maybe the only division worse than the NL Central is the AL Central. Cleveland's two games back of the Twins, three games under 500, 53 and 56. So in their next three series between the Nationals, the Marlins, and the Pirates, then you want to add on a two-game set against the, the Guardians, who's going to sit here and argue that the Reds can't go out there and rattle off eight of their next 12, eight of their next 10, nine of their next 13, whatever it might be, and then you're right back in it. Fans are so fickle. Fans are so fickle. One night, it could be a six-game winning streak, seven-game winning streak, eight-game winning streak. Reds are going to the postseason. 
we have this show talking about anything less than an NLCS being a disappointment. Next night, the Reds go up to Chicago, win the first game, set the Cubs five games back in the division. And I think that's the most frustrating thing for a lot of people listening to this show. Trace made this point last night either on Twitter or on Chatterbox Reds. The problem that a lot of people have with the Reds right now, outside of getting their doors blown off 20 to 9 and 16 to 6 on back to back nights, is that the Reds had an opportunity in the last two weeks to put this division away. And that's what's frustrating. You didn't expect the Brewers to go up there and lose two out of, or to go east and lose two out of three to the Nationals. That, nobody expected that to happen. You had an opportunity with the Cubs at four games back, to win three out of four and really put them out of the division race. He had an opportunity at the same time with the Brewers losing to the Nationals to set the Brewers a decent margin back, two and a half, maybe three and a half games back in the division standings. Could have done that two weeks ago in Milwaukee, a week ago. You lose two out of three. That's what's frustrating to so many people right now is that the opportunities are there. The golden ticket to the NL Central was right in front of the Reds for about 15 games. It was right there. I still personally believe that the Reds are going to win this division. I do. I really do. Where you do lose me a little bit is how often and how frequently the Reds are going to the bullpen early in games. I thought it was really good two nights ago. You get down. Thought it was a smart decision by David Bell to leave Ben Lively in the game. Call me crazy, but look, after what happened in game one, you can't go out there and yank Ben Lively in the second inning down as many runs as you were. Maybe you just wave the white flag and you say, hey, we come back tomorrow. Problem is you come back tomorrow and damn near the same thing happens. 36 runs in two games. The Cubs have scored almost 50 more runs since the All-Star break than any other team in Major League Baseball. But they're still just two games above 500. Casey, your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Paul, let, let me clarify when I said I'm worried. I'm not hitting a panic button, right? Like, they have plenty of opportunities still left here to win this division. Like you said before, they had the opportunity to do it early. It was right in front of them. They could have won a series against Milwaukee, done the finished the job here in Chicago, but it wasn't meant to be, right? The problem I have, just like with everyone else, is the pitching. I thought it was a mistake to pull out um, to pull to pull out Williamson tonight or last night. Um, it just you can't you can't expect this bullpen to survive. I mean, it just it's been the entire season, Paul. The entire season they have had at least four or five innings a game. And that's where I get worried. I'm not saying that I'm hitting the panic button right now, but they gotta they gotta leave these guys in. They got to get to six innings. They got to get to seven innings. And it's, uh, it's concerning, right? I mean, these guys were doing so well before. You just hope that this isn't the beginning of the end, right? You just hope that they don't stub their toe because now it's too close. 
the Cubs are only two and a half games back, right? Two ga- uh, three games three back, games, I believe. And three back. Milwaukee, half a game back. In my opinion, Chicago is the second best team in the NL Central. Whoa. 100%. 100%. Wow. They have, they have underrated bats. Um, and that's clear. It's clear as day. Let's, let's, let's just look at the, the, the run differential. They can blow up at any point. Um, this, this is a, a little bit of a wake up call, right? Because it's also, you can't, you can't have Sinzel, Stuart Fairchild and Kevin Newman out there all in the same time. <clears throat> you have to at least have someone like Ellie, you know, sacrifices rest day or, or push it back further. I mean, I don't, I don't know, man. It just was not, this was not a good performance. This was not a good outing for anybody against the, against Chicago. And it just, it's, it stinks because, well, it stinks in the way it happened, right? If you lose this game three to two, you're competitive, but getting up and then just looking like you've never played baseball before. I mean, that, that sequence where the errors mounted up one after another after another last night was one of the most embarrassing displays of baseball in the major leagues I've ever seen. And it happened back to back to back to back. Nick Senzel at third base has a has a throw to first to get out of the inning. Two runs score. The inning keeps going. The line keeps moving. He just whiffs on a routine throw to first base. If I see Nick Senzel and Kevin Newman in this lineup back-to-back, again, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm going to lose my mind. Stuart Fairchild? Yeah, I mean— I'm going to lose my mind! Yeah, and what makes it even worse was what we find out afterwards, after the game, that Senzel was almost wanting to be traded, right? He didn't straight-up demand a trade, but he was— he would have welcomed it, right? Like, he he already knew that he's not going to be part of this future of this team. It kind of got in his head that he had one game to kind of prove it. And he just makes horrible mistake back-to-back and really gets the game out of hand. Um, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, I And I, I get the splits, right? I, I listen to Chatterbox Reds. I get the splits. I know Nick, you know, has been has been advocating for those guys because of their splits against left-handed pitching. I, I get it. And it was good for Joey Votto last night. Doesn't hit very well against Drew Smiley. And he goes out there and he drives in four of the Reds' six runs. TJ Friedel goes out there, hits a home run. It was a moot point by that time in the game when Friedel was able to, to hit that home run. But I, I, I just get so frustrated seeing a, a lineup card like that that just it just feels uncompetitive it, it just feels uncompetitive when when you put out that lineup instead of seeing you know guys I know look some of that is getting caught up in name brand cachet and not just being smart and looking at the stats I get that but not seeing Ellie Fraley Friedel <laughs> those guys in the lineup and instead seeing Newman, Senzel, Fairchild drives me up a wall. Especially like <laughs> Fraley and Friedel should not both be out at the same time, in my opinion. Those two guys, whether we like to admit this or not, I've been here since day one and have been a major part of why we've had a lot of success. And
And I, I agree. It drives me up a wall too, Paul. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't. And what's funny is as soon as we start pitch hitting for those three guys, hit, hit. I mean, like, it, it, it's incredible. It's like we're, we're uh, trying to outsmart the system with analytics, but it's just – I hate to be that guy that bashes on analytics, but let's, let's put out our guys, right? Let's, let's get out uh, the guys that have actually got us here to this point and let them play. Let them play. You can have one guy out there that's really good against left-hand hitter, but you can't sacrifice the defense at the same time. Like, just yesterday listening to, to Trace, Ellie is going to be on my, on, in my lineup every day, except for the rest days. But he, he, you can't sacrifice what he does for you defensively just because he's struggling a bit offensively. You just can't. And, and if you want to say that he's struggling a bit offensively, we can move him out of the leadoff spot. Change yeah, some things around. Do exactly. something here. I, it, look, Ellie's plate discipline right now is not good. And it's a it's a major point of contention in the Reds fan base right now. And it's a major talking point, And it's something to keep an eye on and to look at. But, you know, as, as Mouse Cop is pointing out in the chat right now, you also have to sit here and remind yourself that – if the Reds win tonight, they go into the weekend against the Washington Nationals. They go into the weekend still up four games on the Cubs, which is exactly where they were at the start. This, it feels like forever, forever since the Reds have played at home. It feels like so long ago. The Reds went to Milwaukee. They go all the way out west to L.A. Then they come all the way back to Chicago. Whoever, whoever thought of that? in the Major League Baseball scheduling office, what was going on that day? Who thought about going up to Milwaukee, flying over to the West Coast, and then coming all the way back just south of Milwaukee to play again and then come back here? Oh, by the way, no off day in between. Who thought, who thought about that one? It's been a long road trip. It's been a long road trip. Road trips wear you down. Especially when at the tail end of a road trip, you give up 36 runs in a span of 26 hours. That can really beat you down. But if there's one thing we have learned about this Reds team this year, it's their resilience. It's how many times they have gone out, time in and time out, that they have either gone on a losing streak, played a bad game, had the wind sucked out of their sails, whatever. And they've responded in a big way. They've responded in a big way every time. And it's not like they're playing the Cubs right now and they're going to have to come back here. They're going to have to play the Braves, the Dodgers, uh, you know, mix in the Orioles, teams like that, the Rays. They're coming back and they're playing the Nationals and the Pirates. Yeah. And that is an opportunity to catch your breath, get back home, sleep in your own bed, get back to a normal routine. I think this is the longest homestand of the season remaining or close to it. They have a long one in September. That might be longer. But either way, the Reds have an opportunity now to catch their breath. A win tonight on Dreamweaver night. And it's all it, it truly is. It's all a moot point. Exactly. It's all a moot point. Because the Cubs... And the Cubs fans and everybody wants to talk about the run differential. 
which has ballooned in the last two days. But for all of that and all the excitement up there on the north side, the Reds would still be in the exact same spot as they were four days ago if the Reds win tonight. And that's all that matters. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. So, I, you know, I, you look at how this is all setting up for the Reds right now, and I get that it's frustrating. You know, as fans, we sit there night in and night out. You watch every pitch. You, you get frustrated. But just to keep in mind the fact that, again, it's a long road trip. You've played some really good teams in there. You've had some frustrating games. But it's an opportunity to right the ship tonight. Jamison Tyens, I mean, he's been good. Hasn't been great. ERA is just about the same for both of them. Over set in 10 and a half. We'll see how that goes. Ooh. Is Jay here? Yes, he's here. All right. Let's go. Let's talk some Bengals. Jay Morrison. Jay, you and I have not met personally, but I've been sitting over there at the desk every time you've been on this <laughs> show, and we always appreciate you coming on. Paul Fritchner, Jay Morrison, uh, thanks for coming on the show this morning, Jay. And uh, you haven't been on since you've been at your new spot. So update the people here who love having you on. I'm looking at the chat right now. Everybody's all caps here. Uh, excited <laughs> that you're here on the show. So update the people on you. Congratulations on, on landing back on your feet here with the Bengals, and uh, it's great to still have you around. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Um, I'm at Pro Football Network now. You can uh, read all of my stuff at profootballnetwork.com. Um, unlike my previous job, you don't have to subscribe. Everything is free. You will have to uh, see some ads on the page. That's the trade-off. But um, you can also, if you're, you can follow me on Twitter at Morrison, or we have a uh, Bengals Pro Football Network Facebook page. Uh, you can go on there and, and get all of the content curated right to you. And uh, we have a, a newsletter that you can sign up for. So if you don't want to go to the trouble of logging into the website, you just get all of my stories sent to your email each morning. So lots of way to lots of ways to follow along. I'm going to be posting a lot more stories uh, at, at Pro Football Network than I did at The Athletic. It's going to be a uh, multiple shorter stories each day as opposed to the longer deep dives every other day every third day so um, it's it's been a it's been a fun transition and um, I'm really enjoying the new job and I do appreciate you having me on absolutely in audio form I know you, you had done a podcast with Paul for a long time and I know obviously things like that change as you get into your new spot are you going to be doing anything podcast wise uh, as this season goes on yeah I uh, I haven't I've had a lot of tweets about that. I've not responded to them yet. We are in the process right now of, of creating a podcast on Pro Football Network. Um, okay. It was supposed to launch this week. We pushed it back another week. So I, I should have some more details on that um, soon, I would think. Good. Great to hear it. Great to hear it. All yeah. right, let's get into the Bengals. Let's get into the Bengals, and uh, let's kind of get your just overall thoughts before I ask you some of the nitty-gritty. Let's just get your overall thoughts here since we haven't had you on in a while, and training camp's been going on now for a few days, and uh, just get your overall thoughts on where the Bengals are, some of the things that have stuck out to you over the start of training camp. Yeah, the, I think the most what stuck out the most is the way the DBs have played. You know, there was all these questions about the two new safeties and how they were going to come together, at, you know, with that chemistry and the clicking with uh, Dax Hill, the first pick last year, and then Nick Scott, who they, they signed in free agency from the Rams. Um, you add those guys to a mix that, of corners who are missing Chidobe Awuzie. Uh, he's He looks great, but they just haven't worked him back into team drills. So you've got Cam Taylor-Britt, um, Mike Hilton, and then that opens that, that what we thought was going to be that battle for the fourth cornerback job has really been 
uh, a starting job so far in camp and and all of them. I mean, Alan George, the undrafted rookie from last year, has made plays. DJ Ivy from Miami, the seventh round pick this year, has looked really good. And then you have Sidney Jones, who they, they signed in free agency. Um, he's playing well. And then the rookie second round pick, DJ Turner, has flashed from practice one. So going to be a really, really deep secondary. Um, the, yes, youth, but speed all over the place, potential to you know make up for you – know, uh, catch up speed if, if there is a slight misstep or a missed assignment. So um, it's going to be fun to watch that group. And it has been fun to watch that group evolve. Um, offensively, I've been impressed with with the way that the offense has still been able to to look like it should, even with Joe Burrow out. Um, Jake Browning has looked terrific. He's taken the, the bulk of the second team reps, or I'm sorry, the first team reps now with Burrow on the sideline. That'll change today. Trevor Simeon will take the first team reps today and tomorrow. And they're let, trying to let these guys do two days at a time to get in the rhythm. But, you know, the, the passes aren't right on the hands like they were with Joe Burrow. But you've you got Jamar Chase, you got T. Higgins, you got Tyler Boyd. These guys are, are still... If, if the throw isn't right where they expect it to be, they're able to, to adjust and make the catches. And it's been really, really competitive um, attacking that ball from the, the how well the defensive backs have played to how well the, the wide receivers have played. And, and you can even throw the, the rookie Andre Yoshivash in there. Trenton Irwin has looked good. I know a lot of people thought he might have been on the fence to make this team. I, I think he's a lock to make this team. I don't know that he'll be the number four receiver. Um, and then you got Charlie Jones, the fourth round pick out of Purdue. So a um, lot of competition for that fourth wide receiver spot, fourth cornerback spot. So it's really no surprise those have been kind of the, the position groups that have stood out so far. You talk about Jake Browning, and it's funny. You, you always have to kind of take with a grain of salt what you see out of the, the highlights and everything from training camp. But he looks like, I mean, given these receivers an opportunity to get some reps in, he's been throwing some pretty good balls. You mentioned it there uh, a, a second ago, but from what Jamar Chase and, and T. Higgins and these guys have been seeing and all we see here and, and working every day, we haven't had the opportunity to get down there. But out of the highlights that we've seen offensively, things have looked good, right? They have, and it's it's it, it shouldn't be a surprise. It is, I think, because Jake Browning was an undrafted guy. He's been here for three years. He's never played a snap in the NFL. But I go back to preseason last year, and it was one of those whoa moments when what the way he was playing in the preseason, and all of a sudden, it became a, leg, a legitimate question: Is is Jake Browning better than Brandon Allen? Is, or is Jake Browning going to make this team as as the backup quarterback? And they went with Browning, I, I think, because of the the experience the the connection with Zach Brown going back to their or Zach Brown was Zach Taylor going back to their Rams days um but yeah Jake Browning has has looked terrific and you know he's a guy um they talk about this last year he would sit in on all the DB meetings and he didn't have to do this but he would sit in and he would help them he'd be like okay this is what the the offense is thinking here and here and he really did everything he could to, as a practice squad guy to help those dbs along and he's a guy when joe burrow comes off the field he goes to jake browning and he says what did you see and the receivers do the same thing i mean jake browning is going to be a coach in this league he's just got one of those minds if he wants to be i'm not i'm not destining him to be a coach i know that's a hard job but if he wants to he's going to have it because he's just got that that football knowledge and the the talent the the physical skills have, have really kind of taken off um you know from this time last year when the preseason started and i i think everybody assumed trevor simeon was going to be the backup because he's got 30 games as a starter in this league got a you know he was with brian callahan his, his rookie year in denver 
But right now, the leader in the clubhouse for me is uh, it's well, it's not the clubhouse because they're not done. But the leader right now is Jake Browning to win that second second quarterback spot. What are you expecting to see out of Trevor Simeon? What do you think the the best case scenario is? You're talking about you know him getting the first team reps today and and trying to work his way in here through with with Joe Burrow not practicing right now with his injury. What do you want to see out of this, if anything? Yeah, just the you know the throws right on the money. He he's got he he throws such a pretty ball and he's got all the physical tools. He's he's big. He looks like a quarterback, but you know he signed May third. So they were already into OTA. So he's he's started a little behind anyhow, um, but catching up now with all these reps with Burrow out. But that's that's what you want to see is the not making the the receivers reach back behind them and 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 hitting the the deeper balls down the field. It's been uh, it's I don't know if I want to say surprising, but you know last year everything was underneath and the checkdowns and the shorter passes because defenses were taking away that deep ball and. You wonder this year if if they if it kind of comes back the other way, and they now they've got Chase Brown and Joe Mixon, and they've got this downhill running game out of the shotgun, and if they can get that running game going and force those teams out of those too high shells, then they're going to have a shot for some deep balls. And even if even if they're in too high, when you've got Jamar Chase and you've got T. Higgins, <laughs> guys that can go up and win 50-50 balls down the field, I do think we're going to see them take some deeper shots this year. So you want to see some accuracy on those as well in camp today and tomorrow from Trevor. All right, I'll ask the question that everybody that's listening to this wants to know with Joe Burrow not being available right now. Um, the seriousness of the injury doesn't seem like he's going to miss a game, but you just hope that this isn't one of those injuries that linger. I think the most frustrating thing probably, Jay, I don't know if you would agree with this, is just that he's missing another preseason. Um, is that your read on this situation? He's been around, you know, we've seen reports that he's not walking with a scooter. He's not, he's not on crutches. He's not on any of that. He's walking around the locker room. They're just withholding him from practicing. Uh, what, what's your read on the whole Joe Burrow situation right now? Yeah, I think this is a better situation than the appendectomy last year. He, that, that was, I mean, a major, not a major surgery, but a surgery. He lost a lot of weight. He had to, he had to, you know, get back into physical shape. He can lift with this. He's, he's like you said, he's walking around fine. He knows the system inside and out. He's sitting in on every single meeting. He's in the locker room talking to the guys after practice. So I don't think it's going to be as big of a detriment as far as time missed. Now, you know, it is a little bit with Irv Smith, the the tight end. You wanted to see them kind of get that connection going in, in camp. So it, it hurts guys like that. Charlie Jones, Andre Yoshivash, the, the the receivers, the the rookie draft picks, they don't get that that time on task to kind of build that chemistry and that rapport with Joe Burrow. But as far as the offense as a whole, I don't think you're going to see it look like last year. Now that the scary thing is, you know, last year Burrow clearly was not 100 percent yet when after the appendectomy when he came back and when he started the season. That's the concern here is you you can't with this injury you can't put him back out there at 90%. He could perform and and probably better than a lot of quarterbacks in the league if he is 90%. But everything that the doctors have said about this type of injury is the 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 chance of recurrence is is fairly high. It's about like one in three, about 33%. And so you have to make absolute certain that that he is 100% and maybe a little beyond 100% to, to not take that chance on that that injury recurring because if it does you start back over with that several week timeline if all that that scar tissue and everything that's healed in the in the calf already is disrupted then it's right back to 
to square one. And then you're talking about what, maybe mid season before he can get back. So they, they do need to take it slow. I know there's optimism. He'll be ready for the opener, but it's one of those, nobody can put in exact times. You just have to wait and see how it heals. And then once the, the range, range of motion and everything that the doctors test out, once it looks like he's back to hundred percent, maybe wait a couple more days to just make absolute certain. Last year, one of the biggest points of discussion here on on our show and with Tom was how frustrated Tom was when the offensive line wasn't playing in the preseason and they come out and they lose the first two games and then they look better much better quickly as the season goes along and they look more like a cohesive unit um what is your take on players playing or not playing in the preseason games leading up to the start of the regular season I know this team now is is more familiar with each other maybe than they were last year, but you talk about the tight end room, you talk about some of the moving pieces in the secondary. What is your read, Jay, on what needs to happen in this preseason to avoid starting slow, especially when you're starting with the Browns and, and a divisional opponent? Yeah, um, I don't know. First of all, I'm, I'm kind of – I don't know if there's value there. Like if Burrow's not going to be able to play, does it make sense to put the O-line out there or vice versa? You know, if, if the, if the O-line wasn't – fully healthy would it make sense to put burrow out there behind backups it just you want that that group the whole co cohesion out there as far as shaking off rust and and you know getting used to one another i think that's overrated somewhat it's it, playing them in the preseason is more about just getting into that routine and getting out and hearing the crowd and then getting out and running plays where you don't have the coaches right there on the field with you and just that whole procedure of just you know kind of Get a dress rehearsal, so to speak. It's not about taking the hits and the blocks, and and it's sure not about a, a protection adjustments and and picking up schemes and twists because defenses don't do that in the preseason. So, uh, it's it. Last year there were so many new pieces that yes, maybe they would have benefited. But we're also talking about if they're going to play in the preseason, it's going to be what a series, maybe two. Yeah. So you're talking ten to twelve plays. I mean, does that really make a difference when when they're running? 30 or 40 every day in practice. I know there's not, you know, a different colored jersey coming in, in but it's still physical. And, and once the pads go on, it's it, that's real football in the trenches. So I just, I think it, the risk just outweighs any kind of benefit. I, if it were me, I would not play starters in the preseason. Trayvon Williams went down with an injury. He was carted off in practice the other day, and obviously he's fighting for his spot behind Joe Mixon. Uh, have you heard from him health-wise? What, what's he looking like? No, we should get an update today. The, the Bengals didn't have practice yesterday. There was no media access down there. Um, so they didn't know much after practice Tuesday when it happened. It was um, a, a little unique in that, that they carted him off from the area where he got hurt, but they didn't take him right in. They just uh, went off to the side and, and taped it more heavily. And then I guess it still didn't feel the way it should. And so that at that point, they wheeled him in. So it wasn't something where they knew right away something was really wrong. Um, but we'll have to see. I'm sure he had an MRI when they took him in. And uh, they, they practiced from 2 to 4 today. The locker room's open from 4 to 5 after practice. If, if he's in there, we'll, we'll get a chance to talk to him and, and see where things are. And if he's not in there, uh, hopefully Zach Taylor can give us some sort of update. A couple more things here before I let you go. Jay, we talked a lot about the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned it right when you came on about you know Cheeto and the secondary unit. Uh, Cheeto not not practicing right, but he, he's out there. He, he's mixing it up, but he, they're not putting him through the reps. What is, what is his uh, kind of timeline? What are you looking for out of him here in this preseason to try and work his way back in off of his injury? 
Yeah, he looks 100% to me. Just watching him run and cut and do everything, they're just taking it slow. Kind of the the Joe Burrow uh, thing where, yes, he's he's probably ready to go, but he's he's a guy that he's he's such a veteran. He's in his third year here. He knows the scheme that just no need to rush it and take a chance of, of something happening. And so Zach has been very open and said they are going to bring him along slowly. So I'd be stunned to see him play in any preseason games. And I I don't know what the timetable is to work him into some team drills. I, I think it'll, it won't, it won't go from none to all of a sudden he's taking all the first team reps. I think we'll see him maybe work in for a series or two and each day ramp up a little bit. But as far as when that happens, I'm not sure, but you can bank on Cheeto being out there week one in Cleveland. All right, Jay, last question before I let you go. And again, I really appreciate you coming on today. I'm sure Tom will have you on again before the before the season starts. But mm-hmm. just in case, you know, we don't talk to you until closer to, to week one. Overall, is there one thing that you are hoping the Bengals achieve in this preseason uh, with you know, no Joe Burrow and, and everything else. If the fans that are watching this right now and so many fans going down to practice and the training camp and going to these preseason games and everything else, is there maybe one thing that you're saying, ah, look for this. I want them to do this before week one. Yeah, I want to see what this run game looks like. I want to see what Chase Brown looks like. I want to see what Joe Mixon looks like. He's got his court case coming up in a couple weeks. Um, he's looked really good in practice. He looks like he has that old burst. You know, last year he looked like maybe he had lost a step. They they ripped up that running game, and, and they're going, as I mentioned earlier, that, that, that downhill gun run scheme. And you, you've you got guys. You've got – this is not just the the – best offensive line they've they've had in a while but the biggest you've got a lot of maulers out there that can really open up creases in the run game and so that's what's going to open everything up yes it's a passing lead yes this is all about joe burrow and and those receivers but if if they can if they can look like a competent running team in the preseason i think that just opens everything up for this offense to to you know I think top 10 is is maybe a given. And then you, you start talking, can they be top five, top three, maybe even lead the league in points scored? Um, they, they've got that kind of potential, uh, but they can't be one-dimensional. They they struggled at times to, to run the ball last year, and that needs to be a lot better this year. And this is that's when you really see it is in the preseason games because even now the pads are on and they're hitting, they're still not tackling, they're still not taking guys to the ground. So you don't really get a feel for what that run game looks like until they step out there in a preseason game and play another team. Jay Morrison, I really appreciate it. Come on. It's great to be able to read your stuff and, and to see you around and to have you be yeah. again back with the team. I thought the, the video was great of them switching out your name tag. I yeah, that was yeah, great. I, yeah. I was so glad that I didn't lose my cubicle. So I stayed in the same exact <laughs> spot next to the guys that I, I have a lot of jokes and fun with, including Paul Daner, who I used to work with, Richard Skinner on the other side. So, yeah, it was uh, – it was a, a very, it was a big relief, and very, very happy that that Pro Football Network took a chance on me and let me keep, keep covering the Bengals. That's great. Well, congratulations. Look forward to reading your stuff still through the season, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is great to see Jay back on that beat because you know for a week there you you, you get rotated through and you, and the athletic and the cuts and everything else, and it's frustrating. And you get in those situations, especially when it's close to the season. And you just hope that you can land on your feet and still be able to do the job that you've been doing forever. And it's great to see because everybody that we know here in the chat, everybody loves Jay Morrison. He's one of our favorite recurring guests. And, uh, you know, even though Tom isn't sitting up here, appreciate him having 
yeah, that, the time that, to come on. That was very big league by Jay. Coming on, even though our, our main host isn't here, which, by the way, you're doing a fantastic job. Thanks, Casey. When there's only two of us in here, I mean, come on. Come on. You're doing a great job, Paul. Thank you, Casey. Um, You'll be sitting up here tomorrow. Yeah. So, so, Casey, again, this show is, is approaching its one-year birthday. Should we do something for the one-year birthday? We should. There's, <laughs> we should. September 1st. Is, that, is September 1st a weekday? Please tell me it is. I think it's a Friday. It might be a Thursday. I think it's a it's, Friday. It's a Friday? Yeah. Okay. September 1st, Friday, September 1st, we're throwing a party. I don't know what the party's going to – let's all come in with, with birthday, the birthday with hats. Birthday he hats. won't even know. There's we'll, no we'll chance. one-year balloons. One-year balloons. Yep. Yeah. Let's do that. Streamers. We can put streamers back here. Let's do it. All right. Casey's going to be up here tomorrow. Uh, Casey, do you have a preview for the show? Do you have what, – what are you going to talk about tomorrow? Um, tomorrow, tomorrow we are going to discuss, of course, Luke Weaver tonight, how he, how he does, um, is going to really greatly impact the show. Um, of course, we're going to talk Reds for a good 45 minutes, I think. Um, then we're going to, we're going to talk some college football, some NFL. Let's go. Um, I'm going to give out some advice in fantasy football because we don't do a whole lot of fantasy stuff in here, but, um, I think it gets overblown. There's just one simple strategy, and that's all you really need to know. And then once you know that, you're set. You're good in fantasy football. We'll do some some uh, some betting, um, probably futures on player props, depending on what bet Fred has available. I haven't quite looked at it just yet. Um, and uh, sorry, Elliot is currently coming in here. Okay, so I'll take me, it back. I'll take it back him. while yeah. we get Elliot. So Elliot. Our good friend Elliot Rearing, the zebra, is joining the show here momentarily. We sent him a link a few minutes ago. I, I wanted to give him the opportunity. I knew he's busy today. He's up there in Chicago. He's doing a video board event here for Chatterbox. That's why he and Reed went up to Chicago. Uh, Reed is on his way back. Elliot is working through the weekend up there with the video board. I don't know if Elliot is going to go to the game tonight. I don't know if he can. I don't know what the event's schedule is, if he if he is going up there or not or what's going on. Um but he's going to join the show here in a, in a few seconds, and we're going to get his thoughts on last night. We rolled through the sequence. If you haven't seen it, you can go back to the start of the show. We rolled through the sequence of Elliot and Reed, uh, and it was, it was a tough one for our guy Elliot last night up there at Wrigley. And I, I imagine that he has some thoughts on Wrigley Field. Uh, poor Elliot. Elliot, welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, ya? Paul. I've been better. I've been better. I mean, I, I come to Chicago and, you know, it's the city of brotherly love, right? It's the city that never sleeps. And, and you get here and you expect dreams and it's just terrible. I mean, this is, this is a disaster. What's, what's taking place here in Chicago is nothing short of a, of a disaster. It's horrible. I feel bad. Thanks for asking, Paul. You guys were talking about balloons. What are we celebrating? It's the one-year anniversary of Tom's show coming up in a few weeks. Oh. Well, Off the bench. That's I, I, it's I, the only thing to celebrate right now. I'm trying to give you some positivity, Elliot. I haven't smiled in 24 hours, Paul. So I, I, I mean, between last night's driving excursion, you ever drive in Chicago, Paul? I have many times. A, it's not fun. Yeah, yeah, Paul. I was stuck under a tunnel last night for the better part of an hour and a half. I don't know how a tunnel's this long. I don't know who constructed it. I don't know what the purpose of a tunnel that long is. But I was stuck under it. Reed was probably sick to his stomach in the passenger seat. It was a it was an all around bad night. 
I, I, I paid $25 for split the pot and then I left early. So I didn't even see if I won. I could be a generational wealth winner. I know. I just don't even know right now. Do you have the ticket? Even, I'll pull it up right now. Let's do it live on the air. Do you have the ticket? Yeah, but Paul, here's the thing, Paul. If I win, it was only if I stayed for the end of the ninth to see if I won. So if I won this and I don't get my generational wealth, Paul, I'm, I mean, Paul, I'm going to be in a bad place, buddy. I'm going to look Wait, right now. Here we go. You must be present to win? Yeah, I must be present to win. And I left because I just I, I couldn't take it anymore. The what? Chicago there's, faithful beat. The there's beat no down. way you have to be present to win. What is that? Yeah, Paul. I This, this is how they do it in Chicago. They rip you off. They rip All you right. off and they scam you. What's your what's your ticket number? All right. I it start my first number starts with a three. No, you're good. It was a one. Okay. All right, thank God. I just lose all the time. It doesn't even matter anymore. It doesn't yeah. even matter. I just lose. Last night's game was the worst game I've ever seen in person. It was the yeah, worst game I've ever you know, seen. You know, you know, no no shtick. I last night's game, no I, I I was sitting there watching the game. I can't imagine seeing that in person and what it must have felt like when the Reds were kicking the ball around the infield. What was going on? I've never seen a worse defensive effort. I don't know what's happened. The Reds were not this bad, like, defensively ever. And they come into Chicago, and it's their third graders. Their third graders on the worst team in the school. I don't get it. Nick Senzel had three errors. How does – I don't understand how that's even possible. I, I looked at Reed at one point, and I said, what are we watching? What, why do we even pay for this? This isn't, this isn't a professional sport. This is amateur hour. Horrible. How was the Wrigley Field experience? Because it did not look fun for you. It looked fun for about four innings. Well, there was some Reds fans behind us, which helped. But other than that, there was it was all Cubs fans, and it was misery. They were dancing and laughing in my face. I, the Reds looked they came out strong, right? I mean, Joey Votto blasted two home runs right in their stupid faces. And then after that, it was just a disaster zone. They all got drunk. All the Cubs fans drank. They drank heavy, and it doesn't stop. These poor ushers, they were fighting these people. They were throwing people out left and right. The cup snakes, they were a mile long. I mean, it was terrible, buddy. They, some guy poured his beer on my butt. You ever have a beer poured on your buttocks? Because that's what happened to me. You ever, you ever have your favorite team give up meatballs in the eighth inning by their third string catcher, and then a Chicago faithful dump a, a, a full beer on your, on your ass? You ever had that happen to you, Paul? Because that's what I was dealing with. I'm not jealous of that, yeah. I, I'm not. Yeah, no. I, I, I saw the no. video. I, I saw the video. I felt bad for the security guard. You were helping him out. I felt bad for him. I was. Yeah, I was cheering him on. I was. I, I forget his name right now, but I. I was cheering him on. His name is Carlin. If Carlin, if you're watching this, you know I'm here for you. Uh, the Chicago faithful were very disrespectful to him. They were littering on the field. Every home run the Reds hit, they would just throw it back on the field. It's a national landmark, Paul. I think that's. I think it's a 10-year penalty, in prison, federal prison. They shouldn't be able to walk free. There they were celebrating away last night. And, and by, the stadium, by the way, if I'm going to turn off the shtick real quick, the stadium's pretty cool. The stadium's pretty cool. Uh, the food was very good. I hate to say that. You know, I don't like to compliment them, but the, the food was good. The food was good. I had a couple Was it hot dogs? Was it hot dogs? Yeah, Chicago hot dogs. They were Chicago style. They were good. I had two of them. How's the event, go How's the was, event going? The event's good. The event's very cool. The event's very cool. It's archery. Um, I'm, my favorite superhero is Oliver Queen, the, the Green Arrow. So this is very cool. This is a very cool event. I'm currently sitting in the grass. Bugs are on me. Uh, and they're Chicago bugs. They're probably mutant. They're probably mutant bugs. going to give me superpowers. But I don't know. I don't know, Paul. I don't, I, I'm debating going to the game tonight. What do you think? 
Oh, I would absolutely <laughs> Dreamweaver in Chicago. Could you imagine the content that would come out of you if Dreamweaver won to split the series in Chicago? That is your Nirvana, Elliot. It would be. I mean, it would be the it would be the greatest night of my life after the very worst night of my life. So, yeah, Elliot. I'm debating it. The issue, the issue, Casey. The issue, Casey. Look, Casey, hear me out here, Casey. Parking and and driving down there is the worst. I mean, it's just bad. I mean, there's just no way around it. They 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 put this baseball field in the middle of a, a neighborhood, 200,000 fans inside, like over the Rhine. I don't even know what to do. I mean, it's terrible. <laughs> That's rough. Well, I was gonna ask, is there possibly maybe a hot tub maybe. at your hotel? It's a good question, Casey. It's a very good question. Uh, I think there is a hot tub, mm. but the issue with the hot tub is um, there's a lot of Lollapalooza people here. And these people are covered in sparkles, and the sparkles are in the water. So the sparkles are all over the water, and I can't get in my hot tub because it's just going to be a mess. It's infiltrated with all these tourists for Lollapalooza. I think Billie Eilish is playing. It sounds like you but, haven't had one positive experience outside of a hot dog. No. I mean, I, the drive down here, Reed didn't, Reed didn't shut up. I mean, he was just – I couldn't listen to any music. It was like Paul taking us to lunch. I mean, there was just no music. It was silence. <laughs> And he was just, and he was just, he was just, I mean, he was just talking up a storm. You ever, I mean, this guy doesn't stop talking. Not even for a second, not even for a little bit. I was like, hey, Reed, can we maybe just quiet down for a bit? Maybe like 10 minutes of silence. Let's play the silence game. No, he lost. First two seconds of that game, he lost right away. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in a bad place. I'm in a bad place. My I, arm's tired from holding this phone. You can hold it down a little bit, bro. No, you, it, that'll get the double chin. I'm trying to avoid the double chin right now. Oh. But go ahead, continue. No, go ahead, well, continue. I, I go ahead, Casey. I was just gonna say, Elliot, you can hold it like if you were Facetiming us. Yeah, you, you can hold it. Hold you it. can hold it straight if you want. I can hold it just like a regular phone. Yeah, just go ahead and hold it. Yeah, oh, just, okay. just just okay, just do on. this. Here we go. There we go. Now now you're looking a little better. Is that better? Yeah, that's good. I'm wearing a that's hat. Good. There's a no, shadow. That's, no, that's good. Uh, okay. So, did you get to go? Because because uh, we were talking, I've never been inside Wrigley Field. I've been outside Wrigley Field, but it was during COVID. Couldn't yeah. go in and actually see the game. The game was going on. It was a wild experience. The game was going on inside the stadium, but couldn't actually get in and see it because that was the the short season. Um, so you can't get from the bleachers to the to the to the regular stands, right? No, you can. They fixed that. Uh, you can get right through. The only thing is, you need you have a I have a wristband, or I did. I had a wristband. I ripped it off in anger last night. But you have a wristband to like show you're in the bleachers. But if you're in the bleachers, you can venture all around the ballpark. Oh, okay. Yeah, but the, but the other people the other people can't come in the bleachers. That's the that's the thing. Ah, uh, got like, it. There's no there's no blockage or anything. Like you can just go. There's just security that'll stop you. Got it. Those poor security guards. It sounds like they just bit off a whole lot more than they can chew. Paul, you have no idea. I mean, these guys were dealing with the roughest of the rough. I mean, these guys were dumping beers, washing them around. Cup Snake City. Cup Snakes were disrespectful. I get it. You know, I used to defend the Cup Snake people. I don't I, – I, it's just disrespect. There was one guy legitimately that was thrown out of the game for it. His Cup Snake was too long. The security had had enough. They, they tossed his ass out. Right out. But, yeah, no, the security was dealing with hooligans. It was – I mean, on a Wednesday night. Wednesday night in Chicago, man. These, it was like a Saturday night in Vegas with these people. I've how was the, anything like how that. was the drive up? It looked miserable. Yeah, yeah, that's an, that's an accurate assessment, Paul. Uh, 
it was it was okay. But you know, Reed was there right with me, and he was just smiling and bragging about the the, the night before. He was playing his terrible music, and and again, the the music he plays, it's I can't express. It's on like a volume that you can't hear. So I'm just listening to him talking about like Nick Madrigal, and I'm just trying to sit in silence and just get to Chicago and get this job done and get home. But no, Reed just had to run his mouth. Him and his little tuft of hair that he wears. You should have seen the shorts. Is PB's ghost in the chat? You should have seen this guy's shorts yesterday. They were up. I mean, they were up well past the inner thigh. Well past. Oh. So you had so you had to deal with drunk Reed in the middle of Cubs fans with the tuft of hair and short shorts. I can't imagine a more nightmare scenario for you. That sounds yeah, like it, the opposite of Dream Weaver night. It's whatever that is. It's the complete opposite. Paul, I was in hell. I mean, I, I, last night was the lowest of low. After the drive home, which again, I can't express how horrible of a drive this was. Uh, you ever try using GPS in a mile-long tunnel? Let me tell you guys, it doesn't work very well. So the GPS was 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 dead. I was driving home angry. Bad drive. I, hand up, I wasn't good. Hand up, I wasn't good. But the, when I laid down in bed last night, it was the worst I felt maybe ever. Maybe ever. Elliot, I think but you was, should go you back. Know, I, you need to go Casey, back, dude. Casey, you need to go back. Casey you, don't, Casey, you don't understand. Casey, you don't understand what I'm dealing with, man. I mean, these people. I, I, I mean, these people are hooligans. They're all running around here drunk. I mean, what time is it right now? It's 10 a.m. in Chicago. We got there's drunks behind me. I mean, this is terrible. <laughs> I mean, I love I. I mean, I love a good alcoholic beverage here and there. But fellas, it's 10 a.m. I mean, I don't know if they're going on regular people time zone, which is Eastern Standard, which is how everybody. And that's the other thing. What's Central time zone? What do we do? We just want an hour difference. That's what we're doing. Why not make it 35 minutes? Let's just let's just be weird about it. I mean, this is terrible. I mean, this is terrible. How are you guys doing? You guys doing okay? Well, yeah, we had Jay Morrison on. It was great to talk to Jay. Uh, we we kind of had a little a little reflecting a little reflection session about the Reds from last night. But now, you know, people in the chat are are very uh, they're very hot about the Reds right now because yeah, I would I would be too. It was I I don't know what I don't know where you go. The analytics crowd, Paul. I don't, I don't know if you touched on this yesterday. I was we were trying to listen to it on the way, but again, Reed just wouldn't shut his mouth. Um, I I. I the analytics crowd has never been proven wrong in a series more than they've been proven wrong in this series. Joey Votto hitting two tanks against the lefty yesterday. Nick Senzel being the worst player I've ever seen. And the game before that, Kevin Newman was the very worst player on the planet, of the, on the surface of the sun. I mean, this is, I mean, this is all-time bad performances left and right by these guys. Where's Ellie De La Cruz? Put him thank in the you, game. Oh, thank, thank you, you. Thank you. Thank Put you. Put De La Cruz in the game. What are we doing? Yeah. We had this whole discussion here to start the show, and I was talking about if I see Kevin Newman and Nick Senzel and, and Stuart Fairchild in the lineup again, I'm going to lose my mind. Stuart Fairchild. Again, that's not an error on Stuart Fairchild, apparently, based on what an MLB considers an error. That's, the worst, that's another defensive play. Worst I've ever seen. I don't know how many worst I've ever seen. I've said in the past two seconds, but it's a lot, and it's all true. Every single play gets worse and worse as the game goes on in Chicago. It's something in the air, man, I'm telling you. It, it, it's something. I don't. I don't know. This team is bad. The, the bullpen. I don't know how the bullpen's going to go out today. I don't. Well, know. how how funny would it be though if the Reds won like three to two tonight? After the last two nights and the run differential <laughs> kings, how funny would it be if they go out yeah. on Dreamweaver night and win three to two? Yeah, it would be. I mean, it would be good. It would be. It would be. But I. I, I don't even know what good. You can't lose thirty six to whatever we lost thirty six to fifteen and leave this city happy. You just can't do it. This, this was an all-time embarrassing performance. The Reds should be ashamed of themselves. They legitimately quit. 
They legitimately quit the past two games. I don't know what's the mental blockage. Even if we walk away with the split, obviously I'm cheering for a win. I think the Reds win tonight. It's Dreamweaver night. But it's like, I, I don't I don't know how I walk away happy from this. I mean, this El- is embarrassing. Elliot, our, our boss is asking for your Venmo. I don't know. I, he doesn't need to Venmo me. I, I'm okay. I, I, no, no money given. I, you know, just donated. I, I think charity. he's trying. I think it's, he's trying to get you to the game. Yeah, I think he wants uh, to get you a ticket. No, no, no. I, I, I can buy my own ticket. I can buy my own ticket, Tracer Sean. I don't know which boss you're referring to. We have two great ones. Uh, each, each one of them more handsome than the next. But I, I, I think, I, I think, I, if I'm going to go tonight, I'll, I'll, I'll buy my own ticket. And I, you know, you know, you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. In this case, I, I live by my forty-five dollars that I spend. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see how I'm feeling after this event today. I, I need to see what time the event ends and stuff. But yeah, it's 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 rough. It's rough. Are you gonna go back to the bleachers if that's what you do? Yeah, I would go back to the bleachers, and this time I'm not holding back. If I were to go, I would disrespect these people. I mean, I'd be <laughs> I'd be willing. I, I'd be disrespectful. If I go back, I, I I'm dumping my beers on people. I mean, it's gonna be. I'm not, I'm not gonna say I, like I'm gonna go around assaulting people, Adam Schefter assault, but you know, I, there's a chance I dump beers on people tonight if I go. What are, What are your Did thoughts? You, like, hey, wait, real quick, okay. real quick, real quick. Does Trace still think uh, Kevin Newman's better than Jonathan India? Is that still is that still no. an avid belief he has? No, he does because, not believe that. I mean, because Jonathan India, you want to call a guy? I don't think Jonathan India's have ever had three errors in an inning. I mean, Nick Senzel was the worst defender I've ever seen last night. The very worst. Jonathan India would save this team. Jonathan India's leadership is missing right now. You guys want to joke about it. I mean, you guys, I, I hear Paul and Casey laughing in the microphones. Uh, I, I hear Trace just make, saying Jose Barrero is better than Jonathan India. I mean, this is terrible, guys. I mean, this is ter- I mean, Jonathan India was a professional. He came up here, he tried his hardest, and Trace Fowler goes on his show with Nick Kirby, and those two guys, they wanted to sell him to Oakland. For a, for a bucket of balls. Any of this on David Bell? No, not David Bell. I, David that's... Bell's not at third base. David Bell's not a David Bell. What, who said it was David Bell? David, it's not David it, Bell's fault. No, that's the exact. You're exactly right. Well, I mean, David, you could say you could say the platoon, but no, it's not David Bell's fault. The the platoon in theory works. Shout out to all the analytic guys that are watching this right now. Let's vindicate you guys real quick. Because I know you guys are having a rough time. You are right. They can hit lefties. But here's the issue. They've had to combine seven errors in the past two games. Stuart Fairchild is pathetic. I'm, let me, respectfully, right? Let's keep this professional, guys. This is a professional show. Uh, Stuart Fairchild's embarrassing. Please send him down to AAA. I think he deserves a stint in Chattanooga, if I'm going to be completely honest. I mean, that guy couldn't compete on the Cincinnati steam, much less uh, the Cincinnati Reds. So, no, I, I, I'm... I'm okay right now. The Reds are the Reds need to bounce back. They have to show me something. Because if they lose to that, I'll tell you right now, if they lose tonight 20 to 4, I don't know what I do with myself. I don't know if I leave Chicago. I think I just I stay here and I die here. If I'm going to be honest. If if you go tonight, um, hold on, there's a bug on me. Hold on, there's a bug on me. Hold on. Oh, that's a bug. That's can a big Can we see one. the bug? Show the camera. No, I kicked no, I kicked it off. I kicked it off. If you go it tonight, mutant, though. if you go tonight and the Reds lose twenty to four, do I? Do Casey and I need to fly up there and do the show live with you tomorrow from Chicago? Yeah, you would. I would need. I would need everybody here. I would. Need I mean, a well, do we need to do like Cleveland. a wellness check? Yeah, I'm. I. You know what? You know how like hotels give you like a call in the morning. If if the Reds get blown out tonight, I'm going to need one of you guys to legitimately call me. 
Like, I, I'm going to need it because I can't do it again. I can't do what happened last night. I can't do it. I can't deal with it. Three errors Nick Senzel had. Have you ever seen anything like that? Three errors? I, I don't get it, guys. I, I don't get it. But I'm going to try to I'm gonna try to get on with it. What 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 is making you happy right now, Elliot? Is there anything we can do to make you happy right now? I mean, I, the sky is blue, if that helps. Um, the sky is blue right now. It's good weather here in Chicago. Uh, the wind is a, the wind is a blowing. I guess that's why they call it the uh, city of brotherly love. But you know, I I don't know. I don't know what would make me smile. I I'll tell you what. I, actually, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you what. These guys have a pancake truck. I just ate like seven pancakes and I laid in the grass. I I mean, the pancakes were phenomenal. Pancake truck always hits. They have a pancake truck here at the uh, event. And it was the best thing I've ever eaten. That's what made me smile. Have you seen the bean yet? <laughs> <laughs> I might go visit the bean at some point. <laughs> I don't know what I mean. I don't. I don't know what I could do to insult the bean, but I might like leave a red hat on it, or I might scale it. Maybe. I mean, I don't know what I'd do to the bean, but the bean deserves disrespect. The spirit uh, cat. I don't even know where the bean. Lick it. Oh, spirit. Spirit Cat. Spirit Cat, this is a professional program. I'm not going to lick any beans. Please, Spirit Cat, let's be professional <laughs> about this. Um, but yeah, I, I, don't know what, I don't know what my plans are tonight. Well, I'm going to see what time the event ends. If I'm, in, if I'm in the right headspace, I will go down to Chicago and I'll, and I'll record my reactions again. But I need to see what time the event ends. First of all, i got to do a good job here. Uh, it's going great so far. Uh, video board looks very good. Looks powerful, looks strong, looks colorful, looks magical. Um, but I'll let you guys know. There will be an update at some point later today, if uh, if, if it happens. Are, do, by the what are the Reds on the money line tonight on Bedford Sportsbook, the greatest sportsbook known to man? Is there, a, is there a number on that yet? Yeah, I got it right here. They they are underdogs, fairly significantly, but oh, I don't know what the number's I'm, at right I'm, now. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. They're not favored. Yeah, yeah they, they are. Lost Thirty-six they, to two. So they yeah, are, I would imagine. Reds are plus one forty. Cubs are minus one sixty-five. Yeah. Guys, I, this is going to be my – I might do a Zebra Zillionaires later too. We'll see. Again, the event comes first here. Um, the Reds' money line on Luke Dreamweaver night, they have to win. They have to win. If, if we're – okay, here's, here's something that happened real quick. I, I don't want to – I know I'm taking up the airwaves here on, on this professional program. I don't want to – Well, we got, uh, we got 15 minutes to Tracy Jones, so it's okay. Okay. All right. So I was, so I was in the Bleachers with Reed yesterday, and we were like, all right, what are we going to bet? We have a lot of bets. Uh, so let's get on Bedford Sportsbook. I had $191 on Bedford Sportsbook, and I said, Reed, I think I'm going to unload this clip, and I'm gonna just going to put it all on Red's money line. And Reed looked at me, and he says, don't do it. Don't do it, brother, because if they lose and you lose that, it's going to be an all-time bad night. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So Reed was right about one thing. Um, Reed was right about that. I might, I might now put the – I think I put 25 on Red's money line yesterday. I think I might do it all tonight. I might just put it all tonight. They can't lose. Because I've if lost... they lose again, I, I... Yeah, go ahead, Paul. No, I was going to say, I've lost copious amounts of money the last two nights. Elliot, I thought I was a genius two nights ago when they got down uh, five to one, and I got them at plus four and a half, and they were inside the number at plus money already, and then they scored another yeah. run. It was five to two. I thought I was a genius. And then they lost 20 to six or whatever whatever it was, 20 to nine. Paul, that's miserable. I mean, Paul, there's no, no way around that. That's just a horrible beat. I need... What we need is Casey. I need Casey to take the under on every single Reds player in the lineup tonight. He's a great mush. <laughs> Casey, I need you to do it for me. 
Uh, I need you to triple down on whatever under you have on Joey Votto. Triple down on it. I need Joey Votto to come back and hit two more home runs. Um, I got you, Elliot. I got you. Thank, thank you, Casey. I'm, again, Bedford Sportsbook, perhaps the greatest sportsbook ever created. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm excited to roll. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I, again, I'm undecided if I go tonight. Last night was a bad was a bad feeling. And I please can't go. say that enough. I know I'm I'm, I'm repeating, but well, Elliot, you, Elliot, I mean, you were... people want me to be hurt. I I noticed my camera is only half my face. Hold on, let me fix. Let me no, fix. you're good. Am I going this way? No, I'm I'm going this way. Going this way? Which way am I going? Go the other way. <laughs> the camera. If you, the if camera you can't go one way, go the other bed. way. What are you doing? The can't. I'm in a pretzel, Paul. I'm in okay, a, Paul, has your brain ever been battered like this? No, I'm it hasn't. Well, but but okay, here, here's the here's the thing. Last time when you and Zach, who by the way Zach was great over here yesterday, he did a great job. Yeah, he was great. Um, I heard I heard I heard the chat called him Marty Bird from Ozark. That yeah, was pretty mean. Yeah, they did. That was pretty mean. <laughs> he, he got some <laughs> I mean, of that. We I mean, went to we went to every, Firehouse for lunch. Was it good? Yeah, he had a great one. It's okay, firehouse. Great it's one. firehouse. How do you go? How do you go wrong? It's, uh, it's so never, it's never a tough one at firehouse. It's never a tough one at firehouse. We love firehouse. Uh, so last time when you guys were in Milwaukee, you guys went to one game, and you were only going to go to one game, and then you went and you realized it was Dreamweaver night, and you went to the next game because you didn't want to leave without a win. This sounds eerily similar yeah. to what you have in front of you. You have an opportunity presented to you right now, Elliot. There is a chance for you to do something historic, and it all is in front of you. <laughs> Paul, Paul, I, but here's the thing about the Milwaukee series. Like, the Reds were in that game. Uh, left-handed prodigy Nick Senzel, he ended that game, I think, on a strikeout. So, uh, I, again, that was a shot at Nick Senzel. I'm not trying to be mean, but he was the worst player I've ever seen last night. Uh, but we'll see. I, I mean, th this, is, this, is, this is just bad, man. I, have you ever seen this before? I, I'm trying to think of a time when the Reds I've never seen I've never seen I've never seen errors like last night consecutively back to back to back in a major league game just flubbed like that. I mean that was terrible. That was embarrassing. Paul, it's humiliating. It's it's unprofessional what what happened last night at Wrigley Field. Unprofessional. Uh, if I go tonight and and they start kicking the ball, if I see Stuart Fairchild, I'm leaving the city. I'm leaving the city. I'm leaving the town. I'm leaving the country. I'm going to Mexico. I'm going to Mexico if I see Stuart Fairchild again. I don't want to hear anyone defend him. I don't want to hear any – even that – I think he has a girlfriend who does TikToks. I don't want to hear her. I don't want to hear anybody. I want the Stuart Fairchild wagon to end because I can't do it any longer. Nick Senzel, whatever. He hits 7,000 against lefties, but he can't field a ground ball. And Kevin Newman, I still don't see the point of Kevin Newman. I still don't see it. I, I st he's a worse Kyle Farmer. I liked Kyle Farmer, but he's a worse Kyle Farmer. So if the Reds start doing that tonight – I, I don't know what I'll do. I honest to God, I don't know what I'll do. You don't, you don't need to call a doctor for sure. I'll need help. What do you want to see tonight, Elliot? What is your What do you hope for tonight? That's a good question, Paul. It's a professional host question. There. This is a professional program. That was a professional host. Casey's a professional producer. Um, I want I want Dream Weaver to do his thing. And people aren't going to like this, but that means he has to give up seven runs in the first two innings. <laughs> if he gives up, I mean, if he, if he if he's if he's out there giving a quality start, the offense doesn't wake up. The magic only, literally, the only time that the, the magic works for Dream Weaver is if he gives up seven runs in the first two innings. That's the only time it works. So it's going to have to happen. It's going to have to happen. I need him to be replaced. I I do I do kind of want to be there for Ian Jabot night because I I do want to cheer for my guy Ian Jabot the great godson of Queen Elizabeth the 32nd. 
So I do want to be there for that. But Dreamweaver has to give up seven runs, and I need the offense to be good. All right, Elliot, I'll let you go. I appreciate you joining the show on late notice. Uh, what? Turn the camera around. Let's see what you're looking at right now. Let's see where you are. Okay, well, all right. Hold yeah, on. that works. Oh, it's a lovely yeah. day in the park in Chicago. Yeah, I'm in a park. I'm in a park. There's a building, it appears, over there. Uh, there's some archery. Archery. Art, what, uh, what are the targets? Yeah. Uh-oh, we lost him. We lost, lost you. We lost you, Elliot. We lost you. Am I, am I gone? There, am you're, I gone? you're back. You're back. You were being silenced, okay. but you're back. I'm back. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful day at the park. Thanks for having me on. All right, Elliot, we can't hear you anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, guys. Oh, all right. There we go. All right. See ya. See you, Elliot. <laughs> oh, boy. Poor I guy. hope for his sake, if he ends up at that game tonight, I I hope for his sake that the Reds do something. I mean, between Ian Jabot, Luke Weaver, and the Reds in Chicago, there really isn't a much more uh, dream scenario for Elliot's content. Oh, I mean, yeah. tonight, tonight really is um, his baseball personality wrapped up into one game. Oh, it would be a shame uh, if he wasn't able to go. I think he should go. I, I, I mean, even – I don't know when that event ends, but if it ends and he can make it down there, even if it's like in the middle of the second inning or something before he gets there, he should do it. It, it just – you can't be a, a Luke Weaver Stan, an Ian Jabot Stan like he is, and not go support those guys in Chicago when it matters, right? So, uh, Thomas Pruitt asks in the chat, Hey, Paul, would you want the Cubs to beat the Brewers in the division? If the Reds won the division, I don't care who finishes second or third. Yeah, I don't either. I don't care who finishes second or third. If you are asking me whether I would rather the Brewers or the Cubs win the division if it's not the Reds, the answer to that is most certainly the Brewers. Yeah. 100% the Brewers. If anything, I was going back last night and looking at some of the old tweets from the beginning of the season. I was trying to reflect on where the fan base's mindset was going into 2023. And I looked at Reed's infamous tweet. His rant, the one that we all know, the oh, one that he sat up here and delivered to everybody on the other side of this screen back uh, probably a week before the season started, March 27th or whatever that was. And I was looking at the replies to that tweet and Nick Kirby said that his sole goal for the season was for the Reds to finish higher than the Cubs in the NL Central standings. The Reds had an opportunity this week to really put that argument to bed. Sure, okay, the, the Reds eight games up with 50-some games left, whatever it is. All right, they're still hanging around. We've seen crazier things. But for all intents and purposes, you go out there and you sweep the Cubs this week in Wrigley, you put that argument to bed. And the other thing, too, is it would, it would have been demoralizing for the Reds to have done that on the heels of the trade deadline where the Cubs basically went for it, whatever, relatively. So if, if you're asking that question, I would much rather the Reds finish or the, the Brewers finish above the Cubs. If that's the, uh, if that's the question. 
Derby Stardom says Reds should win the division. We have the young, explosive talent. Look, I think the Reds are going to win the division. I do. Bullpen. Eventually, you're going to need some longevity. And and I asked this question at lunch yesterday. We, you're, uh, uh, Fran Barvaldez threw a no hitter two nights ago for the Houston Astros. We didn't even mention it. We didn't show a highlight. We didn't talk about it. No hitters are irrelevant now. It's almost like throwing a complete game is something to talk about. If you see a pitcher throw a complete game as opposed to just going five, six innings and then getting taken out, it's almost like a complete game is the is the headline story now. I don't know. Chad Waits asks, Sonic for lunch. Absolutely not. There is a 0% chance that Casey and I go to Sonic for lunch today. Casey and I did go to Sonic last year for lunch. Uh, OJ's Bronco Trace was right. It all comes back to that Sunday game in Oakland. Uh, I don't remember that game. I don't remember that game. Do you remember that game? I don't remember that game. Uh, USA Vet retired. August is a huge month for 2023. The Reds will not win the division with a lousy August, and they're not off to a great start. Look, they're not off to a great start, but if they win tonight, they're in the exact same spot they were to start the month. Exact same. Exact same. There'll be four games up on the Cubs and potentially, well, potentially a game and a half up on on the Brewers. It's just a shame. It's just such a shame that the Reds got the help they needed yesterday with the Nationals beating the Brewers and they couldn't take advantage. Paul, let me ask you this. What if it comes down to we win the division or we get a wild card spot and we got to play the Cubs or the Brewers? Which one are you picking? Ask that again. If we win the division or we get a wild card spot. Yeah. And either the Brewers win the division or get a wild card spot or the Cubs win or get a wild card spot. Which team are you wanting to play or who? which team are you wanting to face? The Cubs or the Brewers? Ooh. That's a good question. I'll tell you my answer. That's a good question. Probably the oh. – I'm going Brewers. I don't I think... would think you would probably, as wild as it is to say, you'd probably have a better shot at beating the Brewers. You would probably, between the Cubs, I don't know if my my little heart could take losing to the Cubs in a postseason series. I don't think it could. I, I couldn't. I certainly couldn't. I mean, I, like I said, I think the Cubs are sneaky, right? Like, they can blow up at any moment. And I think they've, They've proven that, right? You just look at the run differential, and they 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 have the bats to just take over games like this. Um, we've seen it firsthand twice now, back to back. I would rather it be a very – I know we discussed this before, but I would rather it be a close game – thinking that there's a chance during the game to win the game than being blown out in the fourth inning by the Cubs. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, yeah. I think, I think there's a, and I think even Kirby, I, I don't remember if he said this or not, but I think he said that um, we would rather play the Brewers. I think he, he's a guy that believes that we would rather play the, the Brewers over any of the other teams, but man, it's, it's tough. 
it's tough, tough, tough to think about. I don't want that to happen. I sure hope that doesn't happen, but. We have Tracy Jones coming up here in about uh, five minutes. Reds and the Cubs play again tonight. It's the last game that the Cubs or that the Reds will be up in Wrigley Field for this season. Cubs have to come back down here to uh, Great American Ballpark. That'll be over Labor Day weekend. Reds still have to play the Cubs five more times, including tonight. Once tonight, then a four-game series because of a doubleheader over Labor Day weekend. Play twice on Friday, once on Saturday, once on Sunday. If nothing else tonight, and I'm sure we'll get Tracy Jones' thoughts on all this, you just got to see something. I don't know. I don't know if the Reds tonight. I don't know if the Reds win tonight, or oh, sorry, if they lose tonight 20 to 6. What's going to happen to this fan base? Because they're already freaking out. They're already freaking out. You can't lose 20 to 6 three straight nights, right? No, the I same don't. thing that happened the last two nights, it can't happen a third night in a row. We're not going to see Luke Maley tonight. Brian B., the doubleheader is Friday, uh, September 1st. So the Cubs are in town the first, second, and third. It's a four-game series because there's a doubleheader Friday, September 1st. One other thing before we get off on, uh, on Tracy Jones. Hall of Fame games tonight. Football's back. Oh, yeah, baby. I'm also going to be talking about that. Football's back. I'm super excited. I'm going to be probably the one out of like a thousand people watching that game tonight. Is anyone in the chat going to be watching this preseason game? At least for like the first couple drives. Because football's back. Anyone? Anyone in the chat watching this? Uh, I, will, I will probably watch the first drive of each team. Maybe. Maybe. Depending on what's going on with the Reds. Is Aaron – I don't know if anyone – I'll look this up, but I wonder if Aaron Rodgers is playing. Yeah, I, 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 I doubt I watch much more than maybe one drive. Maybe. And that would only be if Aaron Rodgers plays. I don't even know if he's going to play. I do have uh, one other question that I've been holding on to. I just now remembered. Um, Marte, he's got – 25 games under his belt at AAA? Oh, yeah. Um, how much longer do we have until we see him? Well, maybe you call him up in September when the roster expands. Do you think that happens? I wouldn't be shocked. Especially if the if the middle infield defensive effort of uh, Kevin Newman and the splits and everything else in the platoon that they're going to try and roll out there. I wouldn't be shocked if you saw, if you saw him, uh, you know, first week of September. How much does that roster expand to, if you don't mind me asking? They changed the rule. Uh, they changed the rule on that not too long ago, and I don't know what the new rule is, Casey. To be honest, because um, the September call-up in baseball, the the rosters would always expand, and that's when you'd bring up a, a group of minor league guys. That's how it always worked. Uh, but they changed the rule, and uh, it's twenty-eight, so just a couple. Gotcha. So it's not like you're bringing up everybody from the Louisville bats you're yeah. bringing up a couple of good guys potentially some guys don't even play you know some some teams may not even use the whole I mean we'll see but if he was to come up then you know like Nick says can't be more than 14 pitchers so a hitter and a pitcher 
maybe that maybe that one hitter is Marte. Gotcha. Okay. That would happen in what three weeks, four weeks, Se- September first. That'd yeah. be the upper. Oh my god. Oh my god. What? Did you see who's outside? No, I've not. Just bring just bring him in. Just come come, come on. on come on. Hey. Uh-oh, oh no. Geez. If he if he's not in here by the time uh, by the time Tracy Jones comes on. Man, he was in Chicago. Like, I guess that's a quick flight. He, I guess he was in Chicago. Unless he bought a Wi-Fi on the plane. Boy, he was in Chicago when we when we got here in the office. I think. Um. Okay. Is there anything else that we need to talk about here, Casey? Before the uh, before the two eight comes on. Uh, before two nine comes on. Um, I don't think so. Um, not not a whole lot happening around in the MLS because they're still in break. Um, women's World oh, Cup, women's World Cup. They're oh, not God. they're not gonna win. They're not. They're not. They look they, bad. They, it's horrible, man. I know no one cares about it in the chat, and we probably don't need to go deep into into the woods about it. But if you care about the USA winning a, a World Cup. It's not happening this year. It's not looking good for our women's or women's team. It's not good. Yeah, I I I, uh, I did not stay up to watch the one the other night, but something tells me a scoreless draw against who was it? Portugal. Who did they play the other night? Who did they even play the other night? This is uh, great. It, this is great podcasting. Yes, I do believe it was Portugal. I think it was Portugal. I'll, I'll double check, though. I don't know. Rose Lavelle's out with uh, – isn't she out with yellow card accumulation? So what are you going to do? What's going on here? Survive in advance? Brutal. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's – Brutal. It's brutal. They're still the favorites, though. They're, Which is hard to believe. They're still the favorites. Yeah, I was I was looking at it last night. I was trying to see if maybe I could get a little betting value on them. They're still the favorites. Their odds have gone up, but so have everybody else's. The let's see here. Uh, no futures on Betfred. No, really? You can't bet on them to win the World Cup? Not. Not the not the whole thing, but you can bet on them to win against Sweden, which is Sunday, and they're plus one fifteen, and they are favored for that. And since we're on to Betfred, why don't we just talk about some of the uh, some of the stuff that's on on Betfred? Um, Reds all over the Cubs. It's a boost from Betfred. Reds beat Cubs in game total over is ten and a half. Was plus three sixty now plus four hundred. I mean, if we're uh, Hoping that it's Dreamweaver night and the luck is still there, the magic is still there. That's a that's a lock at plus four hundred. Huh. Uh, let's take a look here. Let's take a look at a good old friends at Betfred Sportsbook. I'm gonna say, let's see, the Reds at plus one forty. Um, I don't know anybody else here. I'm looking. Reds plus one forty. The total there is ten and a half. It's juiced a little bit. Uh, for the under 115, it's not not 10. I mean, just I just God, the Reds going plus 140 tonight in Chicago. We'll get Tracy Jones's thoughts on that. Tracy, it's great to see you. Uh, can can we? 
can we get a state of the union on what the hell's going on with the Reds right now? 36 runs given up in the last two days. I think it's absolutely embarrassing. I've never seen a team score 36 runs, uh, 20 one night, 16 the next night, and the Reds do nothing. They don't do a damn thing about it. The Cubs are going in there taking batting practice. Don't, don't they have like 12 home runs in the last two games, something like that? Yeah, They're just sitting back, just playing another game. Here, here, let's let's throw Luke Malley at him again, right? Catcher's pitched twice in consecutive nights. He's going to need Tommy John surgery when, when he gets home. He's pitched so much. I think this is embarrassing. I think the Cubs are making an, a, a statement. Uh, we don't have to worry about the Brewers. We have to worry about the Cubs. And I think tonight's game, and you guys, I like the odds there. I might, I might place a wager on that game. Um, this is the most important game of the year. Right here. Because if you go out and, and throw your gloves out there and act like you have the last couple of games, uh, you're going to get smoked again. And let me make a couple predictions. This is what's going to happen tonight. Okay, because I'm always ahead of the times. I see things that you uh, poor bastards do not see. Absolutely. That's a little, that's a little rough. Here's <laughs> what's going to happen. One, one, David Bell is going to get thrown out of the game. Okay, he's going to do that. He likes to do that, right? It's eyewash. We used to say that in baseball, eyewash. It looks good, but really doesn't accomplish much because you can see it coming. But here's what they should do. And I'm not talking about going for the head. Never. That's never a good thing. But how about put a couple balls in, in, in some of the hitters back? Make them back off that plate because they're digging in. They're hitting home runs, doing bat flips. And I just thought it was an embarrassing two games. And, and they've got to do something tonight to change that up. And it, it just, you've got to question this team now if you're a Reds fan. Because I think it's gone totally in a different direction. And that can happen if you go out and play games like they have the last two nights. Very embarrassing. Tracy, have you ever seen a defensive effort like what happened last night? I mean, they're kicking the ball around, throwing the ball away. I, I've never seen something like what happened last night in that in that inning. I, th I thought the outfield play was pitiful. I thought that was bad. It's like, it's like this is the team we thought was going to lose 100 games. I mean, this team is exciting to watch, but you can't be a bunch of nice guys. And I, I'm afraid that's what they have here. They have a bunch of nice nice guys. You need to stir the pot tonight. You need to go out and do something, make a statement, and you do that by just backing the hitters. You know, those guys are digging in. I'm watching the game. They're digging in. They're not worried about getting thrown inside. Can you imagine back in the old days when Nolan Ryan pitched or Randy Johnson or Mario Soto or before you guys were born, Bob Gibson? This would never happen. But to just go out there and throw batting practice and they're launching balls, I mean, wow, what, 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 what are Reds fans saying right now? Are they just saying, oh, that's just another ball game? Oh, two rough ball games? What are no, they I, if you're asking genuinely, Reds, Reds fans are very frustrated. I think uh, it, very, very reactionary to the last two nights because you have one segment of the fan base that understands that if the Reds win tonight, then they are in the exact same spot in first place, four games up on the Cubs that they were when this series started. But on the flip side, the optics of losing 36 to 15 in two nights looks terrible. So I think everybody kind of acknowledges both of those things. The other point that a lot of people are frustrated with 
is seeing Kevin Newman, Nick Senzel, and Stuart Fairchild in the lineup as opposed to TJ Friedel, Jake Fraley, and Ellie De La Cruz going out there. And yes, we understand the platoon splits and, and versus the lefties and, and, and everything else. I get it. Right. I get the numbers. I get the numbers and why they make sense. And Ellie's plate discipline right now is not good. His strikeout numbers are going through the roof. I get it. I get all of that. But at some point, just passing the eye test and throwing Kevin Newman and Nick Senzel out there night in and night out, or at least the last two nights, it's not doing a whole lot for you. You know, you know the way David Bell, and I like David. I've known David for a long time. Really respect him, respect the Bell family. But it's almost like uh, some of these guys, some of the parents go and complain to the manager that their kid is not getting enough playing time. And they, they have to get in some playing time, right? I mean, yeah. all, of a, all of a sudden you see a guy in there and go, why... Why is he playing? What is he, you know, stick with the lineup that got you there, right? They don't need to make all these change and, you know, get this guy a day off. Think about the big red machine, because I know people in Cincinnati can think about it. It was the same lineup day in and day out. Think about the Dodgers, same lineup day in and day out. I mean, I know things change, but it's almost like David Bell gets a hat puts a bunch of names and starts picking it out. You know, where do you want to hit today, Joey? Oh, I'm going to hit you first. Joey Votto, Joey Votto is a, he, he's a, a base runner that can block the bases. Do you know what I mean? He's going to, he's going to not let guys run if he's in front of them, right? He's not a leadoff hitter. You hit him third, you can even hit him second, but don't you want that guy, especially with the Reds, they still bases. Don't you want that guy with a little speed leading off? Did, did I not see that right last night? Joey yeah. Votto hit leadoff? No. That, that's got to be no, the no, first no. time his career. No, Joey didn't lead off last night. I thought I saw he did. Did No, wasn't it – Wasn't it? Uh, unless I'm, I'm misremembering, I thought it was Kevin Newman leading off last night. And maybe I could it's, be wrong. Maybe it's, my, maybe it's how it came up on, on my screen. It could, I, I could be wrong. Was, I could be wrong. I'll check. I'll check. I'll check. But I, I could be I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I could I'm be wrong. I'm with the fact. No, I, 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 uh, no, I, uh, yeah, it was Kevin Newman. Newman, Senzel, yeah, Votto hit sixth, sixth last night. Okay, he, he did hit the two home runs last night, though, right? Yes, he did. He did after okay. hitting I'm, 077 I'm, against Drew Smiley. Yeah, on my screen it did show that Votto was hitting first, and I'm going, what the hell's going on here? So I apologize to David Bell, but still, you make a good point. I mean, what about the outfield? last night is that your number one outfield oh well benson's the only one doing anything right right i just i just think guys if i was really watching the red season i would focus in on this game i think this is the game that's really a turning point because if the cubs go out and kick their ass again cubs got their number so the cubs got your number brewers got your number and you're supposed to you know finish in first place win the division and, and go to the playoffs I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it right now. I mean, that that bullpen is terrible, terrible. Is it terrible or is it overworked? Oh, that's a good question. It's probably a little bit of both. They are overworked, and and that's when I talked about the trade, right? When we talked about the trading deadline, I said what they should focus in on is that bullpen and add a couple arms. Now they added one one arm with the lefty out of uh, from Oakland. But I still think they could have added more, more pitching. Uh, not so much a starter because they're hard to come by, and I don't want to give up a, a prospect. 
but they should have addressed that bullpen. And now it looks really weak. I mean, that's a problem. I'm just telling you this. I've been following baseball since I was seven years old, okay? When you give up that many runs, Paul, that's hard to do if you were throwing batting practice, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lot of runs, a lot of hits, a lot of home runs. This is Major League Baseball. This isn't not whole baseball in Hamilton, right? It's a, it's a totally different thing. And for a Reds team to give up that many runs, I think you got to be concerned. And tonight's ball game, they got to stir the pot. Remember how I was telling you how I got traded to Seattle? And the problem, what Jimmy Lefebvre, the manager, said was wrong with the Seattle Mariners. Do you remember what I said? They were too nice. A bunch of nice guys. So that's why I was traded, because I was a bit of a jerk. Not now, I'm a nice guy. But back then, I was a real jerk, and they wanted to kind of stir things up. And that's when we had that big altercation in Seattle. The longest fight in baseball history lasted 22 minutes. And it kind of changed our whole season. And we ended up finishing 500. That was the first time the Mariner team had finished 500 in the history of the organization. And really, a lot of people say that fight really brought us together. And it was a, it was a turning point. So now, if you're, if you're the Reds, and you've given up 36 runs in the last two days, which... I think you make a great point is damn near impossible to do no matter who goes out there and, and, and pitches you've thrown Luke Maley two nights in a row. The offense, I, I, I think the other half point of, of this is that last night you're winning. You're looking good. Things are looking great. And, and, and yeah. it looks, it looks like you left the night before in the dust, right? You, all right, so you lost 20-9, to nine. it's 162 games, you get in the dog days of summer, it's a game two in Wrigley, you still got two games left, whatever. You left that game behind you. You get up, Joey Votto hits two home runs, vibes are good, everybody's having fun. Then things devolve, the defense looks like they've never played baseball before, guys can't hit their, wet, their, wet, hit their way out of a wet paper bag, and things just get out of hand. It... it how do you even, as a player, Tracy, how do you even now tonight when you have Dream Weaver on the mound, you're probably going to have Ian Jabot coming out of the bullpen. You're running the whole thing back. Dream Weaver's whole shtick is that he gives up eight runs and the Reds still win. I mean, right. the, last, the last two nights, the Reds have scored nine runs and six runs and lost both games by double digits. And got, yeah, got totally smoked. Here's, here's what's probably being said in the locker room because I played with a team, uh, the, the Tigers. We had really good offensive players. We lost 100 games because our pitching sucked. Jack Morris was hurt. Frank Tanana was hurt. Our pitching was terrible. And I got to tell you, we would score runs and we'd be up five runs. And we still, as uh, when I was playing, still thought we would lose a game because as soon as they go to that bullpen, it's like, here it is, batting practice. It gets really frustrating for position ball players to go out there and score the runs that they do and still get smoked. That's that's not a good feeling in the in the locker room. It's really not because Detroit, we had that. We had pretty good players, bad pitching, bad relief pitching, and uh, ended up losing 100 games that way. The, here, here's the flip side of the coin, Tracy. You come back home, you play the Nationals. Then you play the Pirates. Right. It's not. It's right. not. It's not like you're coming home and you're. You know, I made this point earlier in the show. It's not like you're coming home and you just got your 
tail kicked by the Cubs, and then you got to come home and you got a six-game homestand against the Braves and the Dodgers. You're playing the Nationals and the Pirates. You're playing the Nationals, and I think in between that, correct me if I'm wrong, I think you're playing the Marlins too. Yes, yes, the Marlins. In that mix. And that's, that's a great point. The problem is sometimes you take it easy on those teams that you should beat. That happens all the time. It happened to the Brewers when they played against the Nationals, right? The Reds go to Los Angeles, and what did they do? Take two of three from the Dodgers? I mean, Dodgers have a pretty good team. You just never know in the game of baseball. But you make the point. I'd rather play against the Nationals and the Pirates than the Braves and the Dodgers. So they have a chance to get that and get back on it. But this is the game. I would really watch this game if I were you. Because David Bell, telling you this, I, I, I know David's going to do it. He's going to get thrown out of the game to get his team fired up. He's going to do that. You'll see it. And then I bet you a player or two gets plucked. I mean, again, nothing up here, but in the back. Or just back them off the plate because you can't – you have hitters start digging in. Ian Happ. I mean, you guys hitting home runs. You're flipping bats. And, I mean, it's just – it's not a good look for a first-place team. Reds are better than that, I think. The, you you have long over the last month and a half been been somebody who has been on the train of the Reds potentially running away with this division and having the talent to be able to go out there and win this division by a a significant margin. Is that still something you feel like this team can do? Oh, not, not the last two games. Look at, I can see one game. It happens, happens all the time. You get blown out. Who cares? I'd rather lose a game 20 to nothing than one, nothing. I really would. Cause you can forget about that game you know, the 20 runs that the the other team scores. But then you come back and the other team scores 16 runs. Now you you got to think to yourself, something's going on here. Something's going on. 36 runs in two nights? Go ahead. Give me in history that's happened. I I don't remember anything like that happening. One game, yeah, you get some runs, but not something like the last two nights. And the pitchers do nothing. They don't do a damn thing. Just keep throwing meatballs up there and get hit. Yeah, the only time I could find, I was doing a little digging last night. It was the most runs the Cubs had scored in a two-game stretch, maybe ever. Or... No, 19, 1900. Okay, 1900. <laughs> so basically forever. But the only time that I could think of was when the Rangers scored 30 runs against the Orioles like 15 years ago, and they scored nine runs the next night. So they scored 39 in a two-game span. Other than that, how often are you seeing a team go out there and put up like two nights ago, it's Ben Lively going out there, and he just he was just a martyr. He just went out yeah. there and said, I'm gonna throw until my arm falls off because this bullpen can't carry the next three days if I come out of this game in the second inning. And he only got through four, but still, if he goes out there and, and David Bell takes him out when it's a five or six run uh inning for the for the Cubs, I mean they scored you know what? I got a question for you. I got a question for you. Yeah. Two two nights ago, there was a play uh, in the first inning. There was a runner on first. There was nobody out. Ground ball to ground ball to Kevin Newman. Kicks off his glove. Goes into center field. The Cubs score five runs before the uh, Reds ever get an out. I saw that play. I, I made the point yesterday on the show. That if the Reds turn a double play there, I think they gave Newman an error, but that's a tailor-made double play ball, and he'll tell you that. Yeah. 
Right. If if the Reds get those two outs and maybe get into the second inning scoreless, the Reds go on to lose twenty to nine. But if they get out of that first inning scoreless as opposed to five to nothing, it feels like the whole complexion of that game is different, does it not? You're right. Yeah, it's a play that should have been made. It extended the inning, and that's what happens. You get in a blood. They score five runs, and it becomes another four, another three. Yeah, I mean, one play can can matter in a ball game. It does it all the time. Just one play, one ball that should have been had that isn't had. Or a guy makes a great play, he robs them. That can make a difference. Do you guys remember last week I talked about uh, why aren't there more knuckleball pitchers, right? Do you remember I said that? Remember we talked about that? Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's... Back in my day, we used to have a few knuckleball pitchers, Charlie Huff and Tan, uh, uh, Candiotti, Wakefield. And my point was that knuckleball pitchers can pitch every day. So if you had a knuckleball pitcher, perfect example of these last two games, right? You could have wheeled that guy out there, right, and saved your whole staff because knuckleball pitchers can pitch every day. It, they, their arm doesn't get tired, right? You're just fluttering the ball up. That was, it's funny because we brought that up last week and these last two games, instead of going to Luke Malley, you could have gone to your knuckleball pitcher. You have 13 pitchers on your staff, right? You mean to tell me you can't have some knuckleball pitcher because they're they're very usable. And I, and I don't know why they don't have more knuckleball pitchers. I think that pitch can be taught. And the, you know, Tim Wakefield pitched for 19 years, guys. 19 years. It's pretty good. Longevity. Yeah, R.A. Dickey. Do you remember R.A. Dickey oh, yeah. when Saul oh, yeah. Young with the Mets? He was a knuckleball pitcher. Tracy, let me ask you, how are you doing? Just in general, how's life? How are you doing? I'm I'm doing all right. I think I got my place. That's why I was one minute late. I owe you guys another dollar because I was late. I'm doing all right. I really want to get this place sold. So I got full asking price. However, there's always a catch with these things, boys. They want 3% closing refunded back to them. And then they want all my windows working. I have 18 windows in my place. They're old, old windows. The the place is 100 years old. So I've got that that I'm dealing with. So that's where my mind's at. Because it's not, I just, I want this done. I don't like going in a bad neighborhood. I don't like my kid going in a bad neighborhood. I mean, it's just... It's time that I move on. Being a slumlord, I think I've progressed to be a little bit better than that. Don't you guys agree or do you disagree? Well, I'm, do surprised, you I'm surprised you ever even embarked on that lifestyle in the first place. Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I think it's because I grew up poor. And I just, I, I've got to, it's kind of, you know, my character on the, the, the show is a little different. But it's just, I'm a real grinder. I bought my one place 10 years ago for $25,000. I rented, it was a duplex, I rented it out for 10 years for $700 each one, so I got $1,400. On a a $25,000 investment, I sold it last year for $200. This place now rents for $2,000. I bought it 10 years ago for $45,000, and now I'm going to get $230. And then I also have one more place in Bellevue, which is pretty nice where Hunter lives. Bought it for $55,000, and that's now worth $280. So timing is everything, but, you know, the, the whole area and the slumlord thing, I, I'm done with it, boys. I'm done. Uh, uh, in the chat, somebody asks, uh, Tracy, is my 401k ever going to recover? Well, if you have the right stocks, it does. I mean, if you have the NASDAQ, if you have the seven stocks that, and I'm not recommending a stock picker, uh, although I do have 
2,100 shares of Apple, my cost basis is 18. So do the math, people. Um, so yeah, you, I mean, it's really been seven stocks. It's been NVIDIA, it's been Microsoft, it's been Apple, it's been Facebook. Uh, there's two more I'm missing. Google is another one. But the rest of the market has kind of a little stumbled a little bit. And I just, I just, I feel we're way overdue for a correction. Mm, okay. Uh, Casey, do you have anything for Tracy? You haven't talked to Tracy in a while. You have anything for him? No, I, uh, you know, I, Tracy, do you know that my wife recently had surgery? Did, did we ever talk about that? No. I don't no. think we did. Uh, my wife, uh, she tore her ACL and oh, uh, she had, she had surgery a couple weeks ago and she's been doing physical therapy and mm -hmm. she's been really pushing it. Um, and, and, um, she's been doing well, but she's been really pushing it. Is there any advice that you have for her? Yes. As you know, um, I could have been a doctor. I, I think I had the IQ to be a brain surgeon, maybe an astronaut. My dad says, absolutely not. You're going to be a major league baseball because he felt being an astronaut or a brain surgeon is a lot easier than, than, uh, playing in the major leagues. I would, I would give your wife this advice. Don't push it too hard, especially with a, a, an Achilles. Is that what she had or an ACL? What did ACL. she have? ACL. Okay. So she, no, no, no. She got to push it. You got to push it. You got to do the therapy all the time. You should do strengthening of your uh, quads just yeah. when you're at home. The, the biggest mistake, this is a real bad subject matter, really bad. I hurt my knee in Cincinnati. I waited six months to get it fixed. It was never the same. And when I got it fixed, the doctor said, go home and just take it easy for the next month. Well, that's what I did. Guys, you don't do that with an ACL. You get right into therapy the next day, right? Isn't that what your, yeah. your wife did, Case? Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, and so what happened was my knee locked up and it was never the same. It was never the same, not even close. I went from being the fastest white guy that Pete Rose had ever seen play baseball to a below average runner, if you can believe that, and out of the game in four years. It's her goal to try to get back to playing at a very high level at soccer. So she's really got to push it. I was just curious, though, see if you had any tips. But we're in the right direction then. Got to push on. in the right direction. Tracy, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, as always. So you have all right. You, you you have one more show that you got to deal with us. Tom's not back till Wednesday, so you got one more show with us. Where is he vacationing? Don't know. Huh? Don't uh, know. Very very secretive. Yeah, don't know. Very just said he was on vacation. Okay, so just to wrap it up, two things happened tonight. This biggest game of the year, David Bell's going to get thrown out, and if the Reds really want to change the direction, mix it up, they'll mix it up. There'll be a fight. Mark, mark it down. Make sure you got a copy of this show. All right. We'll, we'll tweet all that right, clip boys. out if that all happens. Thanks, Tracy. Yeah, well, well, wait till it happens, though. Okay? Yo, no doubt. No doubt. No, no. No doubt. Come on. We got you. We're on your side. We are on your team. Yeah, and please, can you cut the one part where I said Joey Votto was hitting leadoff? You know, actually, on my thing, screen, it showed him hitting leadoff. Well, so I apologize. it's not your yeah. fault. It's the screen's fault. <laughs> all right. See you, you guys have a good day. See you, Tracy. See you, boys. See ya. All right, let's get this over with. Let's just just do it. Just get them over with. Hey, guys. 
Hey guys, how are you? This how was, are you, Paul? This was not my choice. He just walked in. He barged into the room. He opened the door. He threw the door open, and then he just sat down in the chair. <laughs> Listen, guys. So, first off, planes are the most incredible thing that have ever. Existed. You were in Chicago when the show started, or maybe you weren't. I took off at nine twenty. Oh, okay. Nine twenty Eastern Standard Time. I was at CVG by nine fifty-five Eastern Standard Time. Thirty-five minute flight. And then I got picked up, came straight here, had to get on the show. Had to get on the show, guys. I'm, I'm worried about our boy Elliot. I'm a little worried about him. Can I tell a story? So yesterday, we sit down. Elliot, Elliot wants to put a little scratch on the game, right? He's got a couple hundred bucks in his Betfred Sportsbook account. And he looks at it, looks at me and goes, I guess he hit a parlay. He had 200 bucks in the account. 100 90 bucks, something like that. He looks at me and said, should I throw it all on the Reds to win? And I look at him and I say, no, 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 no. Put like half of it. Put like half of it on the Reds to win. That way you still have $100 to play with if, if, it, if it doesn't hit. He ends up not doing anything. There's like 20 bucks on the Reds to win, something like that. He looks at me when it's 3 nothing, And he's so mad at me. He goes, I'm so pissed. I mean, I, I should have thrown it all on the, the Reds to win. I was like, dude, it's the second inning. What are we talking about? It is the second inning. And he looks me dead in the eye, and he goes, Reed, this is over. This is over. You're getting your ass kicked. It took three innings for Elliot to start having a very bad time. Yeah. He, uh, he looked like a beaten down shell of a man when he joined the show this morning. He's thinking about going back. But he is thinking about going back. Well, I told him. I told he him should go back. The stars have aligned with Dream Weaver Knight. You're right. Ian Jabot probably going to come out of the bullpen. The Cubs in Chicago. His entire shtick, everything that Elliot and his baseball shtick is built around, is Nirvana tonight in Chicago at Wrigley right. Field. Right. Well, he, he said, I'm not leaving Chicago without a win. So he's going he's to have to go back. He's oh, gonna, then yeah, he absolutely has to go he back. He tweeted out that he's, he's going to have to go back. It was it was bad. It was a tough one yesterday. Oh, God. It was a tough one. Oh, God. Man. Can't even defend himself. Oh, God. He, he, he kept looking at me before before the game. He's like, this is awesome. You know, the general mission seating. Also, more stadiums should have general mission seating. I don't know why, why more stadiums don't do that. Bleachers, we got there 45 minutes early, got in the second row. It was fantastic. Didn't lose our seat. Packed, packed house the entire night. Don't know why more don't do that. He looked at me multiple times like, I, I, I've been here before, but I don't remember it being this cool. This is awesome. This is awesome. And that, that, that waned. That waned very quickly. Yeah, he was fighting the good fight with uh, look like one Reds fan behind you guys. What's crazy, so I don't know if Elliot told you the story, but there was one Reds fan behind us, and he's like, I'm from Cincinnati. And he asked us, because what's the first question that you ask somebody that's from Cincinnati? High school. What high school did you go to? And Elliot says, Elder, I said, Bade. And he said, oh, I live in Hamilton. I'm from Hamilton. So there was one Reds fan in the whole section that we were in, and he was from Hamilton as well. It was awesome. It was fun. Where did he go to high school? He's Seven Hills Academy, which is nowhere near Hamilton. Oh, no, yeah. nowhere know, near Hamilton. Nowhere but he, near. He, he made it very known that he's from, well, I guess Fairfield Township. He said he's from Bridgewater okay. Falls. Oh, okay. So, All right. So right around the corner. Do you have anything else to get off your chest, Reed? No, no. I, well, other than I don't know why you guys are so mean to me. I don't. I don't get it. No one is more persecuted 
at Chatterbox Sports than me, and it doesn't make sense. I don't. I, I just don't understand it. Why? Why is everyone so mean to me all the time? I can't imagine why. I have no idea why. All right. Casey, you got any idea? Because I, I don't. No, no clue. I'm at a loss. No clue. What, when, did, when did things get really sour for you guys as Reds fans? Was it like the first sins out right, there right. or the second or the third? Play the cherry or, on all top. Right, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on a second. I got to pull it up again. Oh, God. Run the, run the, run the music. This is actually pretty incredible. This was, this happened last night. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's name, but I'll read the tweet while we're uh, while we're pulling this up. So this is from. Uh, let me pull up. Make sure I see it. I gotta scroll through all of. There it is. It's from the the Diamondbacks game against the uh, the Giants last night. This is Slade Sacconi, maybe. This is his first career strikeout. Hits the knob of the bat. Hits the catcher in an unsavory place, but he holds on. Is he holding on with his fingertips? He's, he holds on. He holds on with something. Oh. Bang. Straight shot, but that's a strikeout. That's a strikeout. I never wore a cup when I caught. Never uh, once. So I had a very traumatic experience with not wearing a cup. So I, I always caught, and then I hurt my knee uh, one time. I didn't miss a game. But I hurt my knee so bad that I had to go into the outfield. And I, I don't know if I ever caught again. Uh, I I had one really, really bad experience with not wearing a cup. And so I uh, I always did. I never wanted to risk that pain again. I don't know if I've ever felt pain like what I felt that time. I, I would get hit there like once a year. And it would be terrible for like, I don't know, a couple minutes. I remember one time in high school, I got hit, I got hit there. And my coach comes out because, you know, I'm in, I'm in agony. And he looks at me and he's like, you wearing a cup? I said, no. And I'm just an and He's like, all right, that's your fault. And just walks away. Doesn't get a sub. Had to, had to play. Had to play. Reed, got anything else to say? That's No, that's it. You're I gone just... for a week. So so Reed is going on a cruise. He's leaving to, uh, today, tonight, tomorrow? Tomorrow, tomorrow I'm flying down to, uh, to okay. Florida, and I leave Saturday. And then that's Saturday to Friday. So I'm, I'm, I'm really very excited for it. Okay. So – Gone all next week. What were you going to say? I'll stick this aside. I had a lot of fun with Ellie. I know he didn't have fun towards the end. Yeah. I might have laid it on a little thick. It looked fun. I was very jealous. I'll say it up front. I was very jealous of you guys. It looked like you guys were having a great time. But being a bleacher bum is I, – I can't imagine having more fun. And I, I'm a Cubs fan, and I, know, and I recognize this. I cannot imagine having more fun at a baseball game than being a bleacher bum on a, on a night game at Wrigley. And I don't think there's a better American tradition than singing – um, the seventh inning stretch, take me out to the ball game at Wrigley Field. All right. That's enough of that. This has been Off of the Bench, presented by United Dairy Farmers. Uh, thank you to Encore Technologies. We didn't even do a ham and eggers segment today. So thank you to Encore Technologies. Thank you to Pawnee Water. Thank you to Betfred Sportsbook. Thank you to, uh, who am I forgetting? UDF, Betfred, Encore, Pawnee, all of you guys, P-A-H-H-N-I-Water.com, Encore.Tech. Thanks to everybody for listening today. Thanks to Jay Morrison, Tracy Jones. It'll be Casey up here tomorrow. Casey up here tomorrow. Then we're uh, we're back on Monday for a full show. Tuesday, Elliot will be back here, and then on Wednesday, Tom is back. So we got three more shows without Tom, and then and then he'll be back here in the chair on Wednesday. Thanks everybody for watching. Appreciate it. See you guys tomorrow, 10 a.